everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Dungeons, Dice and Dudes, where we take those three things, mix them together, and magic happens! <laughs> uh, welcome to uh, a, a, a different episode <clears throat> than what we would normally be recording. Uh, this is like a little... what is this? It's like a like a recap of the highlights of the season so far. But like our highlights. Yeah. Like a TED talk, mm. right? Yeah. Kind of. Like what did we enjoy? How much fun we had and the friends we made along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then next session will be the one where uh, George is running it. I am ready. Maps are made. No, like legit. We'll, we'll have to post that online. Right, Maybe yeah, put yeah. like a little copyright thing on it though. But it's, it's way better than my maps. No. That's so much better. I like yours more. I want you to redesign my maps. <laughs> <laughs> they need it, I'll do it. Yeah. Oh, come on now. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, so what was the last episode? So the last episode was... Was that just everybody dealing with... Ulysses being gone? Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah, much. yeah. believe so. Um, yeah. Some chit chat and then some, some fireworks. Yeah. I think the last roll was a nat 20. Mm, yeah, that was so intense. Bit of help with chronal mm. shift. Yeah, well, yeah. Chronal shift. But Bloody it was fucking beautiful. Can't make that shit happened. Um, so yeah, so we're going to go through the various arcs that we've had so far that I had a rough idea about, but actually put words to paper about them last night. Uh, we'll go for each one, we'll roll some dice and give everybody a chance to kind of uh, ask a question to other players, to me. Um, we are missing Danilo and Rob, uh, but I think we might be recording some stuff with them just so we can insert them at points. Someone else we're missing. <clears throat> An original uh, dude. Yeah. Oh, so, Ego himself. Yeah, so arc one, which is episode like one to 12, is pretty much entirely pre-podcast. So there'll be a lot of stuff on there that you guys won't necessarily know about, but you might find interesting regardless. Um, yeah, uh, and as well as that, uh, just to remind you that myself and by affiliation, the podcast are ambassadors of Game Tea. Wonderful company based in the UK who specialise in luxury handcrafted items for geeks and gamers across the world. Uh, so if you want to head over to their website, uh, make a purchase at, at the checkout, use the code THEBRIGSY, T-H-E-B-R-I-G-G-S-Y to get 5% off of your entire order. Help support me slash us. <laughs> Uh, you get discount off of some amazing items such as t-shirts, prints and dice uh, and it supports a, a great company based in the UK that is also a supporter of the LGBTQIA+. Um, so yeah, and then also whilst we're at the top why not you know talk about uh, perhaps some other platforms that you can listen to this on. Shout out to my boy Sai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, this episode, along with all the others uh, previously mentioned, are all available through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon Music, Castbox, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. 
and also available through the RSS feed on anchor.fm. Jeez! Hot. <laughs> Very hot. Um, <coughs> so hot. <laughs> and uh, if you want to go over to our social media yeah, to get we some got those. extra content, maybe a little bit of some pictures, some tweets, probably not some tweets, but definitely some pictures. Well, people need to tweet us still. Where can they get? Where, uh, where can they go, mate? They can tweet us at dungeons underscore dudes uh, to still enter into that competition to win some dice. Just put your saying dice. Please, please, we need to get rid of them. Please, take they're costing us money on the storage space. <laughs> Burn in a hole. <laughs> um, or if you want to see pictures and backstage stuff, uh, then you can go on Instagram and it's dungeons dice and dudes. Damn right. And finally, if you want to head over and see some, maybe some more visual based content in the video format, uh, George, could you possibly tell us some stuff about that? We all love videos and videos love us. So if you'd like to watch our podcast and listen to it at the same time, yeah, on YouTube, you can search Dungeons, Dice and Dudes. We've got all of our episodes there. Some episodes that didn't make it to the podcast platform and trailers and fun videos as well. We all love a bit of fun. Who, who wouldn't love a bit of fun? That's what YouTube's all about. Of course. Of course. <clears throat> and then course. finally, <laughs> perhaps... You know, listening to people do an actual play uh, podcast of D&D, you know, there's, there's quite a few of them, but I'll tell you what, there's not a lot of uh, podcasts that deal with the more intellectual aspects of tabletop RPGs. Now, because Danilo isn't here, George, could you tell us about that as well? Come on, for Danilo, you can do this. Channel, <coughs> do best Danilo impression. Thanks. <laughs> nah, that's rude. Um, but yeah, no, um, pretty pretty sweet little podcast that uh, Danilo's got going on there with some really cool guests on it. Uh, Thinking Critically, a D&D discussion podcast. Different guests each episode where Danilo takes a single concept or ID and discusses what that means within the D&D. D &D. Ah, I messed up, I'm sorry. You were within the, this within, close to Within Christmas. the D&D and TTRPG framework. Um, yeah, search Thinking Critically on your platform of choice to find him there. Lovely stuff. So, we're gonna... We've covered all of the... Uh, all of the shit that we need to do, announcements, what not. So, we're gonna jump in by starting the discussion around the very beginning of this campaign, which is the first arc, which is Little Fish in a Big Pond. Shit. Okay, so Arc One Little Fish in a Big Pond first ran back on the 18th of January. 2020. Jeez! Oh, memories. We've survived a whole pandemic since then. Wow. This yep. campaign's outlasted that. <laughs> oh yeah. <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, just so uh, you guys are aware, and probably as a refresher to everybody around this table as well, uh, this arc uh, consists of uh, 12 sessions. Uh, uh, 
we won't go through every single episode. We'll probably keep it to more of a general overview. But this was a Midsummer's Day, uh, which is session one. No good deed. A question of intent. Street fights in the moonlight. Roguing around. Pest control. Lost and found. A pass pit. Cloak and dagger. Fred work. Where the wind. Where where the winds take us. And unsure waters. Most of this. Uh, revolving around your uh, trials and tribulations in the town of Luxon, oh, kind of finding uh, your feet as uh, as adventurers. So finding um, your feet as uh, a nuisance, in my case. Yes, mm. yes. Mm. Uh, so I guess do we roll? Do we do the rolls now? To yeah. see we'll, we'll do a roll. Who wants to lead? So I'm gonna <coughs> roll mine. Uh, it's not that high, but that's good. Fifteen. That's a four. You lead the way, mate, by quite a margin. Okay, so I'm just going to say it. I don't care. You broke your knee. How annoying was it to have Ulrich around in Luxon? I felt. <coughs> I felt like detrimental to playing. Or Not was the it first. kind of fun? Not on the first run through Luxon. Yeah, especially yeah. where I can't even remember if we like spoke about it before playing, but obviously Mordethus, who I was playing at the time, sort of had a pact to look after him. Mm. So it was nice to know that you aren't like on some level were on reins a little bit. I feel like once he died, that was when Ulrich really started to uh, become a menace. That's true, yeah. yeah. But yeah. That does mm. From like an RP <clears throat> perspective, I think playing a tiefling in that city as well was pretty shit. Like, so, mm. like on that thing, we were on a level there. Like, I think that's true, yeah. Both hated. <laughs> both. Yeah, but you had, you had things in place to, <clears throat> to make your life easier, <clears throat> um, George, but you, Tim, were just a giant green orc <laughs> wasn't that I, I tried ball. to like put a box on my head when we first walked in or something or well, that, that's, that was in uh, arc 2 that right. you really did that uh, however you did uh, you did fight guards in the first arc on um, the fourth session you guys got into a massive fight with a bunch church. of guards at the church oh, oh yeah. yeah that went Ooh, real yeah. south you tried to break in uh, there was like a priest <laughs> Oh, yeah, we with the priest. We tried to well before we assaulted him. We tried to pretend we were like part of his order. Yeah, yeah. I think during this arc, you guys had really bad luck. Your yeah, rolls yeah. mm. rolled low a lot, which did not help things. No, that was when who got down during that fight by probably probably me because you were you were a werewolf or something, weren't you? Uh, yeah. So I think that was the first time I'd ever used. Mordethus's Lycan ability. Lycan, that was it. Yeah, I think I only used it twice. First time I went down, and second time was when he died. Yeah. So yeah, not not good luck. It was very cool to play as like a new class. You're a blood hunter, weren't you? Yeah. Um, I kind of wish I, yeah, sort of <coughs> figured out a way to make the most of that because it's a very fun uh, type of character to play as. But yeah, yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I didn't do it justice, but still very, very fun uh, to play as, and I enjoyed playing it. 
Yeah, it's kind of a left field thing, not a real play. Mm. Mm, yeah, it. yeah. I feel like it's one of those things when I was reading about it online and oh, excuse me, a few people I spoke to quite uh, OP for that, and there were sometimes where I was just like, the abilities do seem a bit mismatched compared to like other races I've played at before. But again. Failed me. So, well, I mean, to be fair, back when you played it, they hadn't released it in an official source book. Yes, I remember mm. speaking to you about this because the something about it changed. So I yeah. think when I first rolled it, it was in beta, and about halfway through playing as him, they did change a few aspects of it. Yeah, so they they switched over so that it was um, less. I think it was like strength and. Strength and Dex, and then Wisdom, mm. and then they switched the Wisdom to Intelligence, because it was meant to be more of like an investigator, yeah, like that sort of stuff, but yeah. Um, we did also have uh, a member of the team that mm. he, he's not with us anymore, not the person that played him is alive, <laughs> the character not so much. <laughs> is he still on a slab in Luxem? I believe so. I don't know. Like, Charging Wait. rent with his body. <laughs> Give me rent. Wasn't he in the fight with um? No, no. Was that that was someone else, which no. we'll get to. Um, well, yeah. As far as you guys know, yeah, you left his corpse slowly running up a bill <laughs> in the yeah. in the church. But the person who made that deal is now dead yeah. as well. Yeah. So kind of got away with paying any amount of money. At some point, like, in the distant future for our characters' epilogue, there'll be a bunch of guys with body cams knocking on the door. Yeah. Uh, we're here to uh, collect the debt on uh, Give me yeah. his body. We don't need a warrant. Yeah. We don't yeah. need a warrant. <laughs> oh, you can't pay? Well, take it away. <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was actually, uh, uh, the character was played by Matt Dent, who's uh, a dear friend to us all. Dear, dear friend. Um, and <laughs> You're really making this up community. <laughs> <laughs> and he played Sibo, uh, who was a, I believe he was a gnome, uh, gnome paladin uh, called Sibo the Just. Uh, uh, and he, he sent me a message because he couldn't re record with us tonight. Um, just said, uh, at this point, Sibo is a long forgotten memory that was just brutally murdered and had his corpse dragged around for a bit. Hashtag justice for Sibo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think it was, wasn't it my fault that you died? I was well, Jaegering him. Yeah, so he, that was the start of um, players Jaegering or piloting other players' characters whilst they're away and it not going well. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Because I think he, him and Mortis died in the same combat. Same fight, yeah. yeah. That was a tough fight. Mm. Was, in was, the it, was that against the not the beholder? Uh, it was a spectator, which is like a baby a beholder, baby beholder kind of, yeah. uh, and then a, I think three zombies, yeah, as well. Yeah, that was messy. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. that did not go well. Right. No, um, but yeah, uh, who else wants to? Who else wants to? Well, look, we'll do a roll again, and then yeah, it'll be. She's good. That's a three. Uh, unlucky 13. 16. 17. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, so, speaking of uh, people dying, uh, was combat a 
not a shock, but was it like a, oh, okay, in terms of difficulty when you guys started playing? Yeah, I do feel like when you start, because obviously in our first session we had the classic kill some rats. Yeah. And oh, I well, feel well. like there was even a bit of complexity there. Well, in your very, in um, the so first was convoy session, ambush. Mm. Yeah, there was a convoy ambush where it was like, there was some NPCs that were helping. Um, yes, so yeah, I remember this now. 100%. Um, uh, you, George, as a rogue, were like, cool, I'm in the mixer. You were like yeah. right in the middle and yeah. almost immediately you died. I'd just come from playing Moradin in a different campaign who was a fighter. So for me, I was like, oh yeah, I can just like get up in people's faces and that will be fine as a rogue. And it wasn't because <laughs> I died in session or went down in session one. Yeah. So yeah, that was difficult. I feel like that's had like repercussions throughout the entirety of the campaign because now yeah. it is you're always like visible or staying around the fringes which is as a row that's oh that's what you do yeah trial by fire mm. and like from an rp perspective like the character's backstory was that she'd basically been like bumping off people like literally like just killing like not difficult people prior to that so it kind of worked from RP but from like actual playing perspective it was just I didn't know how to fucking play a rogue <laughs> so I just got <laughs> fucked up um, but yeah I don't know you well you've dropped a few times you've dropped a few yeah, times yeah I've died seven yeah. times now I can't count yeah yeah well I would say I'm sorry but it's your own fault <laughs> poor preparation I, right yeah I do always feel like we are really bad at preparation yeah. Mm. yeah first like few sessions of any new campaign especially if you're starting on the new at a low level A stakes are already high because your stats are quite bad and B like there is an adjustment period because people will end up playing mm -hmm. as something they haven't played as before or at least I try to so then you're just like not as au fait as you would be with um that style of playing, so yeah, a lot of teething issues. I did, I did feel like I never really gelled with playing as like a blood hunter. Yeah, um, it's quite tricky. Mm. But yeah, things. Do you, are you stacked as a blood hunter? Like, have you got hit points and AC, <coughs> or are you not? Are I you just think, like... yeah, like relatively average <coughs> AC, but I think you have quite high strength. Mm. So there is like a bit of. But I've never, I think that's the first time I've ever really played something not fully support, so, which would come later. That comes later. Did it go? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it was largely, it was in large part in reflection to my feelings of, um, in the previous campaign that we were in, I always felt that the combat was, um, it was never that like life-threatening, so I wanted it to be more so of, a case of okay look we've been playing this other campaign for a while now so you know it is the sort of thing where you have to it is a game yeah so, and if you let's play make the game it well, different then yeah. you'll be fine if you don't play the game well then you're more likely to eat shit and, you've, and die you've all just lost the game fuck yeah. you <laughs> just there you go um but yeah yeah it was uh somewhat of a I mean, this was my first campaign, so I haven't ran one before. So it was a little bit of like, oh, how much is too much? Because the the difficulty stuff in D and D Beyond doesn't it's not as accurate as you would like it to be. Um, but then also just being a case of yeah, I want want you to guy want you guys to have stakes when you're in fights. That it's not just cool. We can murk everybody, and it's it's fine. Happy go lucky, whatnot. Mm -hmm. 
And that doesn't account for shitty roles because no. we have some fucking atrocious time in the roles. And like, yeah. I can see it on your face, not just ours, when you're just like, really? Like, you got you fucked that role again? It's like, yeah, man, we're dead. There yeah. were a few times when we were just, just absolutely eating ass on, the, on those dices and just absolutely just dying. Yeah. Horrible. And that's fucked us up. Mm -hmm. So it's not always like the odds stacked against us, it's just shitty dice rolls. Yeah. Yeah. And that is what it is. Yeah. She's good. She's good. Roll again. Mm. Five. Uh, Fourteen. That's a natural twenty. Ooh. On, so are you going to go again or do you <laughs> want to pass it over? Well, yeah, I feel like I pass it over to one yeah. of you boys. They've already been once. Uh, yeah, I'm gone. Uh, I was going to say, like, as a... As a DM, when we were in that sort of uh, environment, like Buxom, felt like quite rich. <laughs> and uh, so there I was, was flexing it. Sorry, uh, there was like <laughs> I didn't notice. There was like a lot going on, um, in a good way. Is it something that you kind of wish we revisited sooner, or because I, I still feel like as once we pick the campaign back up in about six months or so, like that situation where it is like a civil war on the continent. Is that right? It's not two continents warring, is it? No, no, no. Uh, it's just funny that you think we're going to pick, pick the game. <laughs> George is now the DM forever. Um, Please God, no. <laughs> Please God. If you don't know, well, no. But the war's over. <laughs> no, no, no. So it, it, it is a... Because I found that like a really fascinating backdrop yeah. and just kind of we were very mm. in and out of political situations, so it was always cool to sort of revisit what's happening. Yeah, I mean, like, I had originally based it on um, the, the kind of whole situation in America and uh, Mexico with the wall and stuff like that, so that was kind of the idea of kind of Terra Sol and then Luxem. Um, but yeah, just kind of, I don't know how it ended up happening, but just almost immediately you guys were involved with the law mm. and the government and just very quickly it became, oh, okay, you guys are like, you're not just going to go around and take up contract work and just hand it in and get paid. You're like, I think there was specifically like a, a cart that you were escorting, but then you wanted to check out what was in the cart. I think this was in like... Oh God, I can't even remember roguing around or something like that. But yeah, you just kind of uh, were leaning more into like the political intrigue of this city. I'm like, oh, uh, cool. Yeah, we can we can do this. I feel um, like it was something we all found quite interesting. So we were quite it, drawn to yeah, being it, involved. Yeah, it felt towards like the arc, the story. Like, that's what yeah. was going. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that whole like, like bombing in Luxembourg at the beginning and like how that uh, all yeah. panned out. Like... That shit was cool, man. It was, yeah, yeah it was something that was like, very really good. interesting to follow. Yeah. When we like started to learn more about what happened and what caused it. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. So just as a point of reference for you, because again, you, you wouldn't have seen this, um, the whole campaign started off uh, with uh, trigger warning to some people, I guess. We might have this in the description anyway. Uh, but it started off with like a, a bombing uh, from a, like a quote unquote terrorist. Um, and that was kind of like what brought you all together because I'm a big fan of shared trauma mm. <laughs> bringing a party together great way to uh, yeah. create synergy yeah yeah. Um, but yeah I mean I, most of that stuff I was just kind of putting in there as 
yeah, to serve more as a backdrop. And but yeah, you guys leaned into it quite a bit, and I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, and that's kind of what helped kind of filter the rest of the arc of Little Fish in the Big Pond because immediately you were messing around with like some big mm. players, which I mean, to a certain extent, played into uh, Sabine's backstory. Mm. Um, but yeah, that's just how it works sometimes. Yeah. I was fully prepared for you guys to just be like, yeah, we're just, we're, we work with the, the guard, make some money and then we're bound. <laughs> and instead it was like, oh, wait, was this place actually behind this? Yeah. Are, are you good guys? Are we, are we bad guys? Who's good? Quick question. Mm. Is there any like content? Don't do that. <laughs> oh goodness, that was some nipple rubbing. For, for listeners, I just had nipples rubbed in my face, so that was great. <laughs> We're not actually in his face. I mean, across the table. Might well have been. They started poking across. It's a big across. table. <laughs> some big nipples. She's <laughs> 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 <is> good. Uh, <laughs> 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 is there any content that you're willing to share with us that you're really sad we missed out on? Ooh, mm. that is a great one. Yeah. I mean, there's so much at this point. <laughs> it's like uh, something random. We, you know, we won't get to ever again. Um, I mean, to be fair, I because of how the first arc had started, I was already writing for you guys to essentially be assassins for either Terrasol or Luxon. Be it Terrasol because you just wanted to be like insurgents in Luxon because. You had already developed a bond with them, um, or for Luxem, and you would do fake hits, and then you would make yourself higher and higher until you were working with General Reinhardt, and then that was kind of where I thought it was going to go. But then, because of what happened in the next arc with Ulrich, that kind of took a big mm. left turn, and I was like, okay, cool, that. That stuff's still going to happen, it's still going to transpire, but you guys just won't be directly involved with it. You've kind of started it, and you, you've essentially just been like, cool, here's this big uh, pile of shit, we're going to leave that there and we're going to go now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we joked about this in like a recorded session recently, like how we basically started a civil war, or like, yeah. used as like the, the fire to the little like tinderbox, and then we're just like, peace. See ya. <laughs> Deuces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because you guys, you had met the, the, what is it, the Unfortunate Sons, which was like the spy slash assassin network in Terrasol. You had met one of the um, like council members from it as well. So you'd started to like develop that a little bit. Um, and then yeah, you uh, you had the Inquisitor Ordenus in Luxem, who was kind of kind of like your handler mm. like he didn't mm. like you but he saw your usefulness mm. um, so yeah so that was something that could have gone either way you could have just fully leaned into political assassinations and stuff like that and I was like cool this could be fun but didn't happen that way and that's that's just the way it that's is yeah roll again I'll go anyway but Fifteen. <coughs> Nineteen. That's a seven. You can go again or you can defer. I'll defer. Yeah. Let's talk about Danton. Oh. Because going through my notes, we met him in session eight, and here are my notes on him. 
Uh, Air Genasi, is that still the case? Yep. Yeah, Air Genasi Dantian greets us and tells us to go fuck ourselves. And I like that, because he was such a lovable fucker. But, <laughs> like, the fact that he came back around when we went to Monolum. Yep. Was that something that you'd planned from all the way back then? Or? Yep. Right. Yeah, so I try my best to pull things from earlier in the campaign back into later sessions, but I feel like, and I don't know if other DMs end up doing this as well, but I feel like uh, Danton was kind of like the this like amalgamation of whenever you guys would annoy me or fuck something <laughs> up, he was just the embodiment of it in MPC form, which is why he was like so... Gobby. Yeah, yeah, to you, it's just kind of like a little like bit of getting like, your own back. <laughs> <laughs> just letting off a little bit of steam. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and that that as well, that was another area where that kind of like mining operation, that was something mm. that you could have broken into and kind of delved a little bit deeper into that, but you ended up sleeping in the rain. Hey! hey. <laughs> well, this, was, this is something I wrote about as well. Like, we then found that like mechanized machine fighting thing that had killed loads of orcs. Mm -hmm. My notes are very extensive. I like taking notes. Uh, for, for viewers at home, that's a, a gear keeper construct, I think it was. Yes, yes. It is, look at that. There you go. There you go. Um, but then we found one of those core things that we recognised as the same kind of core that was used in that, the beginning of the campaign, the uh, terrorist attack. Mm. So that's probably one of my biggest faux pas, was that we then sold that on and we didn't really follow it up. Uh, yeah, you uh, you sold the core to that to Screech. So you were. Could you just give the these guys a bit of Screech for us? Oh, Screech up. So Screech is a reoccurring character for any of Nathan's one shots and now his campaign. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of what's in this main campaign came from like one shots that I'd previously done. <coughs> it's Screech. Screech, right? Okay. I mean, to to you lot, he's basically um, thingy from. Rick and Morty, Morty. Right. Uh, he's just, uh, he's just really kind of always <laughs> on edge. He just doesn't really know if anything's gonna stab him. <laughs> but he kind of, like, he's like, what is he? I think he's a halfling rogue. Um, but he just walks around with like a dirtied trench coat and just like underwear on underneath. Mm, it's a vibe. <laughs> but he's just a real like. He he can get things places, mm. so that's why you guys kind of bump into him every now and again. It's not it's not the sort of thing that's always going to happen because obviously you guys aren't the the center of this world and it's always moving and perpetually mm. Um, mm. existing whilst you're not there. But it's just nice for you guys to kind of bump into people and be like, oh, you you're doing stuff. You're doing you. this. <laughs> um, that session was actually uh, the debut of Frederick. Yeah, because ah. I think it was. Uh, episode seven or episode six that Mordifus and Sibo died, and yes. that's when we had to bring in Frederick. Yeah, yeah, who was kind of Mordifus's handler from a distance, or is it at least had been hired as Mordifus's handler, um, which was yeah. Uh, early part of all my characters being connected <laughs> at some point or another. Yeah, that was like the genesis of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it looks as if, well, he placed Mordethus in that, uh, on that slab. So he's the one running up the bill. 
Mm. Um, and then, oh yeah, so he his whole thing was that he learned that like a revivification spell or something similar to that, and that was his sort of uh, opus. But then he just yeah got hired on this mission. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I kind of feel bad taking the piss out of you all the time, but like you had Mordefus, who is from the Moonshay Isles. Then you had Frederick, who's a holy man from the Moonshay Isles, <laughs> and and then yeah, there's there's more people to come. Like you have real bad luck with your characters, yeah, for sure. To anybody else, yeah. yeah Mordefus died, and to be fair, it was more a case of. Um, like the rules kind of being a little bit not the easiest to follow with the particular class and then yeah. like health uh, transferring over and all that sort of stuff um, yes yeah because every time I tended to a werewolf I was rolling as a lycan yeah which we then learned were two different things yeah. yeah yeah it was more your HP would carry over but you would have resistances yeah but it was, we were using like the Lycan stat block yes. and then you were like, cool, I've got like loads of hit points now. It's like, yeah, no, that's the wrong thing. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. It's the joys of, so yeah, like you said, rolling a character that you've not played before. It yeah. can take a bit. Teething issues. Yeah. Um, we'll do one more Rollies question and then move on to the next arc. Yeah. 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 We'll go for the lowest roll Oi, 15. Uh, 15 as well. Six. It's you. Nice. Um, it's you, it's like, you, what? it's all <laughs> for you. Um, Copyright claim. We saw our favourite moments from that first time. That's amazing. Ooh. That's amazing. Uh, this might be, it might sound like a cop out because it's recency bias, but meeting Danton was. Yeah. <laughs> It was just like, this is a recurring character, or what could potentially be a recurring character who you just, yeah, love to hate. Mm -hmm. And it is always a cool dynamic having, even if it's an NPC, knowing they're better than everyone else, like in terms of like stats. Yeah. So it's just like, when when he gets his, um, because I did roll a replacement character that was connected to Danton and not the Moonshade. And the whole what? Oh, the, the dude. Yeah. And we left Luxem yeah. after. And he worked at where you guys found the explosive. His backstory was that he was one of the engineers, and the goal was he wanted to kill Danton. That was his whole arc. Can't, can't happen, mate. So well, it doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, the beginning was like quite a fun thing to do but I say fun it was like quite dark subject matter but it was like a nice unique way to mm. get everybody together but I think for me just because from like a a slightly biased standpoint was um, kind of making Madame Ganza's like a staple or like a hub that you guys would keep Madame coming Ganser's in yeah. 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 yeah that was a, yeah that was a great um, yeah. area I love that place a lot of shit went down um, there uh, henchman, what's his name? Uh, Roland. Roland. He's Roland. fucking yeah. dope. I love Roland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a cool guy. Um, so I've got here. There was a what was the assassination attempt on Frederick? It in was Madame a Ganser's. 
It was Satine. Yeah. Yeah. That was, was yeah. <laughs> not at the time that we knew that, but yeah. That was uh, the third yeah. session. Was it? A four, um, for, for me for, as for Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got... She was going by the name Jane Stone. Yeah, and she, yeah. you got jabbed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was really fucked up. Yeah. yeah. Did you always, did you die or did you drop? You, I you dropped. dropped, yeah. Fuck. But I mean, right, so just to, put, just to make this clear to the people listening, he saw a suspicious-looking stranger go into a room. He left the party, entered in there by himself, went into the middle of the room, and yeah. I mean, what do you expect? But in my defence, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frederick was part of like um, an organisation of sharing information. So if a hooded figure is making eyes at him. Then he's gonna follow and get stabbed. And, and, and then say the code word and get stabbed. And this is where everybody's like, awesome. It's no wonder he's dead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I forgot about that because then, mm. like, just before you left Luxon, there was like a whole bit where you saw her on top of a yeah, yeah. building, like, keeping an eye on you mm. lot and stuff. And then as you left as well, there was like the crystallized. Bomb mm-hmm. on the boat as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fucking scary. Yeah. With all that stuff with Satine, was she keeping an eye out to make sure Satine wasn't getting involved in stuff, or was she like just being curious? What was the kind of? Uh, I think I can say this because we've kind of covered most of that by like the end of arc two. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so most of it was she was being told to keep an eye on this group of people that whilst uh, Inquisitor or Dennis had kind of was keeping tabs on you she was more of like a direct link to Reinhardt that was like these people were present at this event they've been connected to our like mining operation they know someone fairly high up in the government and they're talking to people that are known to be linked to like the resistance back in the day I don't I want someone to be able to just take them out at a moment's notice if I want to get rid of them. That's what. But as time went on, that's when she kind of started to be like, oh, that's Sabine. <laughs> that's my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, it was Which, interesting. Yeah. yeah it was, it was obviously I time. knew, but it was like yeah. metagaming, so it was like, ah, Mama, mama. I won't, Wait, so that was your favorite moment, my favorite moment? Uh, oh, I thought I'd, did I say, oh, yeah, yeah, the assassination. The assassination. That's, yeah, yeah, at Madame Ganza's, yeah. where Satine came into the picture. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. It's a shame there wasn't a balcony. No, <laughs> <laughs> that would have, Frederick, yeah. done. Uh, Tim, did you have one? Oh, probably one of fuck those Goliaths, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you still kid. Yeah, well, was that session one? Nah, nah. That was like our first time in Madagascar's though. Yeah, Absolutely. it was fairly early on. Yeah. Got you, Duke. Good times. Good times. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, uh, part of this uh, DMs out there, don't be afraid to just arrest your players if they start killing guards. Just fucking arrest them. All right, you don't have to bend to their will. You bend them to yours. <laughs> don't With <kink> that, <laughs> we're going to move over to the second arc, which 
to be fair, has kind of formed a lot of where the story has gone uh, up until this point, anyway. Uh, which is arc two, which is uh, emerging evils. Okay, so arc two, emerging evils. Just as a quick recap, this is episode 13 to 26, so a bit of a bigger one. Uh, so this was New Horizons, Lurking in the Shadows, Out of the Darkness, End of the Road, Into the Depths, Dark Dealings, Faith No More, Remnants of the Past, Husks and Hives, Breaking Point, Value and Worth, Best Laid Plans, Bent and Broken, and then finally, For Glory. I vividly remember Husks and Hides. Mm. Oh, yeah. oh, shit. Um, so this one was uh, primarily set in Terrasol, and then towards the tail end, the last few episodes were back in Luxem. Uh, it is throughout this arc that we picked up Danilo, mm -hmm. uh, and it's actually in this arc where we started recording. I think that was... It was Faith No More. Faith yes. No More. There you go, first episode. That's where you joined us. There mm. you go. So you only missed one arc and, you know, there was some bits in there. But uh, <coughs> yeah, like I say, this one had a lot of long lasting yeah. uh, implications. Yep. It's the <laughs> implication. <laughs> Which episode? The Dark Dealings that... Uh, I think that is the one. Yeah. yeah. The one. Yeah. yeah. Into the Depths is you went into the mines and then it was at the very tail end of that that I think you... Mm, uh, bit the dust. You dad. Possibly, yeah. It all kind of that. Those three episodes, Into the Depths, Dark Dealings, and Faith No More, uh, all kind of like they had their own little mini kind of story in amongst mm. themselves. Um, but yeah, uh, do we want to just general overview or just straight into rollies? No, no, I mean, we're at forty minutes, so. Jeez. God damn. God damn. Straight into rollies. Why not? Yeah. That's not bad. Four. Fourteen. Six. Sixteen! Sixteen, baby! Okay. This is a big one. Tim. Oh, shit. <laughs> is there part of you that wishes that we had just let Auric died? Died? Die. <laughs> I don't If he dies, he dies. Um, yeah, we spoke about this before. Mm. There is, is a small part of me that's like, would have been good to just like, start fresh and have that uh, character just die in a natural way. But the amount of fun I've had with the Revenant side of, of Ulrich and, and this kind of like whole RP that wo is woven into my character because of this one thing that happened to him has been really fun and really fulfilling because not only does it generate some cool stories and, and generate a lot of the, the arc that we're, we're going, went, uh, went into, <laughs> edit that out, um, but yeah, having that, like, handcuffs can m make some interesting, like, decisions and gameplay that uh, would not happen otherwise. So yeah. I was pretty happy about it. Yeah, because this was... So in this arc, you had Auric died. Mm -hmm. A deal was made by Frederick to bring him back because you were still low level and I don't think you had access to Revivify and me as a DM kind of felt bad i was trying to find ways like i think someone had got petrified 
but again you didn't really have anything mm. to get rid of it yeah. so that would have been another character dead mm. so that was like uh, you had to get an airdrop in a sense <laughs> and so yeah <laughs> when, when we tried, I was like oh, I feel bad here's a, a possible way of bringing him back and then towards the tail end of this arc as yeah. well uh, yeah, it's like he lost another character. Yeah. Oh, also, he turned to stone. So yeah, yeah, I just saw that. Yeah. It, was, it was Frederick yeah, turned to stone. Yeah. yeah, and Sabina to get um, um, Jimon to help. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, Jimon! Yeah, my um, yeah, head cannon for that was Frederick only existed to finish what Morbethus started, which was started. make sure Ulrich was fine. Mm. But yeah, it was very quite the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> selfish <Not> character. <laughs> Uh, and he was having a crisis of faith. I, I, oh, go on. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think Auric having his situation, situation just meant yeah. that our entire group from that moment onwards has been stood on like a like a plate of glass that's slowly <laughs> cracking, just waiting to fucking drop waiting us through. And actually, yeah. however, I know in your case, like it could be quite irritating sometimes. Like there's like a session, you're waiting to come back, but actually for us as a group and you as well, that kind of is he going to come back and be bad or good? It's, mm. it's quite driving, I think. The funnest part about it is was discovering, like, oh, I'm undead. And like, oh, I've got these issues with me. Oh, I can't eat, sleep, you know. Rave or repeat. Healed. Rave or repeat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I can't remember the exact point, but someone did, like, detect undead or, like, was doing, like, a... <laughs> uh, like a, an evil thing or whatever and just like you said oh and you also detect a very large undead presence from yeah. yeah I think that would have been in and around uh, remnants of the past and husks and hives yeah mm. yeah um, yeah yeah it was uh, tough stuff but this was like the first or the f one of the major um plot points of like an overarching story arc that you guys are still dealing with which is uh, <coughs> Faye uh, Lannis and Faye Lannix. And that was the other thing that was good about it because we'd had all the political intrigue and all that kind of stuff so far but having this with the deal made on your behalf brought in gods and mm, like yeah. that other angle which up the just empty. puts even more fuckeries on our group. Mm. But. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that was like the big turning point which was like you were, you were doing even part of you guys going out here was you were working with Jumon and um, the Terrasol like council um, kind of trying to build favour but then as part of this because of what happened to Auric that's what turned it into more of that like gods evil mm. cults and stuff like that which kind of steered it back into a more traditional quote uh D&D campaign. Is this the arc where I accused the old lady of uh, being a necromancer and like... No, that's in the first arc. Yeah, was I in the, was... the first arc. Oh, that, shit. Was, that was before you left... Maggie Hummage. Maggie Hummage. Yeah, that was like a... Yeah, episode three, a question of intent. Ah, my bad. I was going to um, mention that. Yeah. So that was a funny moment. <laughs> Good. Good. And how it came back to bite our fucking ass. Indeed. <laughs> Good old Maggie. Oh, yeah. Because that was part of that, and, and it comes up maybe a couple of times in this arc as well. Uh, but yeah, just doing stuff where your actions and what you do or don't do has repercussions. And so, as we see later on in the campaign, your 
meddling <laughs> and your treatment of Maggie and her son and her grieving process and all that had implications. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, but yeah, even even way back then is when you were finding cult uh, like people that had iconography of betrayer gods um, in like religious places because I think you found that when you broke into the church in Luxem mm -hmm. you found uh, I think someone someone I just saw someone found like a, a symbol of Bane yeah um, mm -hmm. after after a fight yeah so yeah and then when you found this orb to bring back mm. Ulrich it was again at the base of a statue for a god, and then yeah. behind that statue was like a betrayer weapon. Oh, is that my um, Your mace? My mace. The bloody end. I miss that mace. Might miss you. I know <laughs> it's a new order now. Oh, has it? Oh, um, Jesus. Yeah. Uh, roll again? Yeah, baby. Oh. Roll that's cocked. Cocked. That's a natural one for me. Nine. Uh, 16 for me. You go, boy. You go, Lincoln. Uh, yeah, kind of going back to what you said about sort of bringing in gods and the more yeah traditional side of D&D. Do you kind of wish we sort of kept it? Or sort of went in the direction of more of like political intrigue? Were you ever tempted to sort of diverse back onto a track? Mm. No. No, I was very like... As much as I was enjoying that, and it because I had always started this campaign with the intent of making it more story-driven and wanting us to do it as an entertainment piece and putting it on a podcast, um, I was enjoying it, but it is a lot of stuff that you have to remember, and I'm not great yeah. with politics anyway. Yeah. So having that and then like the influence of that was like a lot. So when it was more like, oh, this is a, a maybe evil entity, and I've renounce my faith because yeah. I want to make this deal uh, that's a lot more like black and white yeah. easier to write and easier to navigate um, so yeah I was never like oh damn it guys I was more like okay this is interesting cool what are we doing what yeah. are we saying you adapted and overcame <laughs> oh, I overcame so much fuck <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me with a good time um, Chris Canibu <laughs> there he is. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, like from there, it, it then went into like uh, you met um, <laughs> No Way. Oh, yeah. hey, yeah. no way! No, no way! You're fucking screaming! No way! No way! <laughs> oh, I hate it so much. <laughs> um, we spent a whole episode trying to find him in that fucking mind, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just had to go to the bottom, but you were like, nah, he's around here somewhere, though. <laughs> Literally teased the rim. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was like, I think that's the furthest north you'd ever gone, which was Runner's End. King of the North. Um, oh, with the Roddy Hole Tavern. <laughs> there was lots of innuendos. So, yeah, yeah it was, innuendos and you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that was the giant like mining pit underneath the corpse of yeah. a tortoise. Giant tortoise, something like um, And then that's where you were going on the hunt for uh, Pelagus, which was like Pelagus. The, the first of the signs of light that mm. you kind of knew about or heard of. So yeah, there was some big stuff in this in this arc. Yeah, lots mm. of 
dramatic deals, but yeah, some good good. Yeah, you could really dance. I'm gonna roll again. Oh yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen. Oh. Oh. He's roll got off. the better decks. Wait, wait. Have you two? He, he's gone though. Isn't he? He's gone. You've. Have you gone? Have you done one for this arc? No. Uh, no, it's me then. Yeah. I haven't oh done right. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Roll, roll off. So roll off. It's a, oh it's a, my I god! Believe, oh, I might be able to help. Ten. Oh. Um. Was this the uh, introduction of that guy that owns the uh, like the nice exotic? Edwin. 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 Yeah, I did just oh. see his name pop I up on one Edwin. of my notes. Yeah, how is he? How is he doing? Oh, because him and Frederick were gonna bang. Yeah, and then you were quickly replaced <laughs> with um, uh, Quinn. Mm. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> the guys like Quinn. Yeah. <laughs> um, I so I can't say what he's doing. Um, <laughs> okay. I can definitely tell you that he misses Quinn. Don't we um, all? Quinn, Quinn's <laughs> moved on now. Yeah. 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 Uh, Twice by the looks of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Edwin was. I mean, he. So when you first met him, he was like on. He was just on the road. Yeah. Um, at that, like, junction. Um, there you go. Refresh that music. Uh, yeah, he was on the road at uh, Junction, but he had like a necklace, and that necklace uh, was a vestige. Oh. Uh-huh. Like super early on, it was like a way for. I, I think again, you guys, you guys rolled like shit, so nobody could really recognise it, and you didn't have a magic user. So, um, but yeah, that was just like an early way of introducing you guys to the concept of uh, vestiges and items that can of extreme magical import uh, level with you um, and then yeah because obviously I've watched a lot of Critical Role somewhat inspired by uh, Gilmore um, just like this super outgoing and kind of flamboyant um, uh, NPC that can serve as like a quest giver but also just like a place that you can go and have a chat and mm. kind of get some free um, identifies on magic items and stuff because at, when you first met him you didn't have a magic user in your party so had to find a workaround for that um, but yeah Edwin's great Edwin's like I think like he's probably more of a personification of like my not to get too arrogant but like my uh, like my bis- bisexual side he's like my more like a flamboyant aspect so yeah, I can see that for sure. Yeah, but he's a lot of fun, and I, I just love the idea of having like this super kind of extravagant, outgoing, um, flirtatious uh, person, and then their like right hand man is just like the most deadpan, <laughs> straight edge guy you'll ever meet. Yeah, in yeah. he's great. That chalk and cheese, just you know, but they work. Yeah, they they work. Nice. Although that was like, I think that was maybe one of the first instances where I had to like talk to myself, which is just, I hate it so much. Oh baby, I know what that feels like. It's all coming together. Um, Right, do we want to roll again? I mean, you haven't been. (laughs) Yeah. We'll still roll, just in case you get like a nat 20 or something, we can just pop off. Oh! 
<laughs> you can't right. spike this shit up. Uh, uh, go, 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 go. That's funny. Oh, baby. Off of a rebound. Mm-hmm. So sweet. Oh, those wave forms look horrible. That's gonna be <laughs> some like fun. Solid white. <laughs> All right. Um, there you go. Question for Arc Two: Imagine Evil. Sorry, we've had a bit of a break, so we were just reminding ourselves. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about it. let's talk about it when we returned to Luxem. <laughs> so we've got <laughs> Quinn. We've just taken on Sarsil, <coughs> the dragon yeah which is what i was originally going to talk about yeah. the dragon but oh yeah oh, we that, can revisit that that was a whole that. bit that was a whole fucking thing and my brother guest yes bryce, bryce. yeah that was yeah. Like bryce dallas that howard and that was sick but the return to luxon was a fucking gear shift that was when we first found out healing spells would work on all right Oh yeah, yeah, you dropped when we were in the dragon's fucking lair. Mm-hmm. And I still had the orb on me at that time. You did, you still had me away. And it was after returning to Luxem that we left with nothing on us. <laughs> because we all got arrested. Uh-huh. That prison break. Didn't, didn't, didn't turn, yeah, it didn't go so well. My note is, as soon as we get to Luxem, comedy ensues and we get arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, because I remember, like, it was over such a trivial thing. It was just like, we arrived back, you'd put a sack on your head. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oryx thought out, a sack out. would cover it. And if we hadn't done that, the campaign could have gone in a completely different direction. Yep. Mm. So, I guess my question is, how did you plan for that? How did you work with that? What did you oh, do? Oh, I, I didn't plan for that. Uh, as soon as you were like, oh, we're going to walk across this main square, which was the site of the terrorist attack, um, with a giant green orc uh, wearing a sack on its head. It looks more like a shroud, like a kind of... In my mind, it looked like if Shrek was like the chainsaw bad guy from Resident Evil 4 that runs at you. That's what I had in my head, and that's what like everybody else was like seeing. Right. Um, yeah, that, I could see how that could be... But again, it was a catch some bad rolls. You were approached by some guards. They were a little bit sus of you. I think someone tried to roll persuasion to calm them down. It didn't work. I think Ulrich tried to roll intimidation. Yeah, that was rolled low. That's smart. And then I gave you the option. I was like, the bloody ends, like mess them up, because by this point you had acquired it and Mm. it it was sentient and you were attuned to it. So it was like egging you on to assert dominance and uh yep yeah how'd that go everybody not great (laughs) (laughs) to be fair like it forced us to work or at least try and work better as a team because of the whole trying to prison break thing and then it built some drama into like the fact that we were all eventually like gonna be hung basically (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do have some regrets from that. Mm. Regrets, because um, I've always been a person of like, oh, I'm gonna play like my RP because mm. I have to embody the character. Yeah, and like, I feel like my decision making was too much coloured by that. That sometimes I made just bad decisions because of it, and which caused these kind of issues all the time. And that is something that I learned from later on, and now Ulrich is a more stable character. But those early days, 
where I was had all these things happen and I was just like being Ulrich as I saw Ulrich stop flexing uh, at me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like I was just a bit haphazard with it. I don't know if you kind of agree with that, but that's what I feel like. Yeah. I never said it was negative or anything. Yeah, like, I'd, I'd tell you a true to the character. And the character was learning like their place learning. in learning. their place in like all of the world now it was fucked and massively against them. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I could have done it better or not, but Yeah. It's just once again bad roles. Mm. Yeah. That prison break though. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that was such a we, fucking shit show. Such a good plan in place, I thought for a call. I mean it's classic D D. You spend ages coming up with a plan and then the plan doesn't work, it goes out the window within like the first round and then it's just Mate. shit, let's just try and survive, I guess. Survive. survive. And you got a new character out of that <laughs> where we where we lost a real one. And that came off the back of him not wanting to go with Quinn, right? Oh no, no. So I've lost my notes for this one. So, so that was well, you got absolutely slaughtered, didn't you? Yeah. So you guys tried to originally. I think it was the intent to just bust them out and get out of there. You didn't bust them out. You actually all end up. Most of you ended up getting Quinn. caught, apart from Quinn. Quinn then had to try and find a way to like corral some external forces together to get you guys out, which again, this was where it kind of split a little bit because it was either going to be an actual in-prison break hmm. or you had the more public uh, like execution of you all, which is what he decided on. And then, yeah, I think it was a case of just not great communication, but hmm. either bit well, not between players because, you know, it was metagaming to an extent, but yeah, um, he was waiting for Frederick to hold his hand so that he could dimension door both of you out of there. Yeah. But Frederick just booked it further into the city yeah. and that isolated him from the group and uh, made a wrong turn. Yeah, and then that was it. Just uh, got gunned down. Yeah. Mm. Frederick. But it boy. wasn't by Danton, was it? It was by. Um, Sam? No, it was uh, a mixture of uh, Trent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Who was like the head of uh, security for Luxon and uh, General Reinhardt. General Reinhardt, yeah. Because yeah. he knew that you guys were there and he just. At least like, he got killed by the big guns. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, because I'm trying. But I don't think Frederick would have been. Oh, yeah, he would have been known to them because he got arrested. Yeah. But he would just would have been an associate, so yeah. 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 Got Bit of a, yeah. Kind of a going way to go out, but yeah. I think, like, obviously, head cannons are things, so we always try and make it connect, and Frederick was so low at that point, it was quite a fitting, fitting death that he was very much not thinking straight, but mm. still was overly confident in his own abilities to not trust someone in this case Quinn yeah. and then yeah was just killed like a commoner yeah I think I had the um, it was quite fun to describe because I think the way that I pitched it was that he had dragged you back up onto like the the, the gallows well, I think we were watching Full Metal 
at the time, so that played like a big part in the <laughs> imagery. <laughs> yeah, because he pulls you up onto the gallows, and then like I was describing to you that you felt like the warm embrace of uh, Sainine, yeah. the three sisters. Because, but to everybody else, he was just like immolating your face. Yeah, like the session before, he had re um, pledged himself to the three sisters after mm. succumbing to like darker forces. Which I'm now starting to blame on Quinn. <laughs> now that the thread is unraveling. Yeah, we've got a bit of a theme going. Um, Quinn's the bad. So, um, yeah, it was obviously <coughs> Frederick's like my favourite character I've ever played as is DD. Mm-hmm. In DD. So I'm like super gutted he died, but I think it was quite a. I think in the, in the way he came into it and the way he went out, he served a purpose and it was quite a full circle. I mean, his actions are still yeah kind of having an impact in the game <laughs> like when, yeah which when you're playing like a chaotic neutral character it's quite a quite a compliment that he was able to cause such a just a shit show yeah <laughs> yeah he was an absolute like mess of a person so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean and uh, and we kind of briefly touched on this before we um Oh, whilst we weren't recording, but uh, yeah, it was, this was like a hard reset because like you lost all of your magical items, mm-hmm. you lost pretty much all of your wealth. Uh, you were essentially banned from that city. Uh, like you had to be smuggled out. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, it was like a a real like kind of felt bad a little bit because it was like such a big loss for you lot. Because like you lost one of your main party members, um, and you kind of got your asses kicked, mm. and you were like running away from you know your first major city. Yeah, it was just like a real downer. <laughs> that helped me. Like, that that, that arc is like depressing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it works as like a, a narrative thing, right? That you need your your characters, your heroes, whatever you want to call them, to go through like a major fucking upset them to have some kind of push forwards and like it's basically Empire Strikes Back yeah it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got them right yeah, us riding out of Luxem with Fred- Frederick's charred body like, <laughs> hung from the yeah. walls was our kind of like looking out over the galaxy at the end of Empire yeah yeah, yeah. in a kind of sick way <laughs> in a very sick way <laughs> um, but that's an arc right there yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, there's there's lots of things, there was lots of implications from that, like, um, Reinhardt got a hold of the bloody end, uh, which has had repercussions, um, you, Ulrich is now, is now un- undead, um, but yeah, like I said, you met, um, Sarsil, Sil Dragon, that was a fun fight mm, yeah. didn't go the way that I thought it would mm. uh, DMs out there always set uh, clear boundaries on your battle map so that people can't just go off into other areas <laughs> yeah can I just talk about that mm-hmm. I definitely was trying to play there like let's get this thing and get out yeah. and by the time I got back to everyone or I failed to get the thing everyone was dead Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just sprinted at the dragon and luckily kind of just like ah nah 
Yeah, I... Although it was fucking, it felt cinematic at the time. <laughs> like, Sabine's, everyone's dropped, everyone's dead, and she's just pegging it at this dragon. Just Last like, stand. come on then, yeah. let's be fucking having you. Yeah, it, it, it probably would have played out differently. I just um, didn't expect people to get past the dragon, like just book it straight past him. And he rolled kind of low on, on initiative. Um, and yeah, I'd left the doors open to the sanctum. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, it was, but it was a, it was a fun time. Well, for me, it was fun. I was Silver Dragon. Um, <laughs> Wasn't the fun about Silver Dragon. And you got some really cool items. And yeah, it was like uh, the first kind of like, ooh, this place is wild. Oh, this is some ancient, not ancient, but like old heroes, like, private wizard sanctum shit <clears throat> it did feel very much to me like a runescape quest that that whole <laughs> so that's a male element yeah it was good stuff and I <coughs> I still hate that the labyrinth that you guys had to go through was so easily thwarted just by Quinn slash Danilo just being like yeah just keep turning left <laughs> And then that, that, that was it, you just kept turning left and you found your way out. It was <laughs> crazy. But it was painful in there, so I'm lucky we did. Otherwise yeah. we would have died. Because mm. <laughs> yeah. that was hurting up until that point. And then, have we talked about husks? Yeah. No. That's part of it, right? Yeah, that was part of it. So it was really fun, that whole... When we first came into that, uh, that like cave and then there was that noise thing that was like reacting to us and oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the, such a fun that was such a fun puzzle yeah. i think i had i don't know if i had heard of that from something else or it might have just been in a um, in like skyrim or something but yeah you had like the the hive at the top and they would come out and be active if magic was cast and so they would come over to you and then that would then draw the zombies over to you which were Husks from Wild, uh, Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount, but just with like a homebrew, like shit vision thing. Um, but yeah, that was like the, that was. I think that's been your first. It's definitely your first dungeon crawl. Yeah. Because mm. that was like first room fight, then a puzzle, then a fight, then just like proper traditional D and D. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So I always, I always enjoy a bit of that every now and again. Hundred percent. Yeah. It's always quite fun with those as well, being a rogue, because you're kind of like the minesweeper up front mm. for a lot of that. Yeah, so that's kind of what you're... they're built for. That's like mm. your bread and butter. Mm. So it was really fun to like flex that a little bit and be like, oh shit, there's bad stuff ahead. Mm. Guys, there's bad stuff ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, it was really fun. It was the best of times. It was the worst of and times. At the end of that, there was the door, right? Was that that? We had to figure out how to open the door. The, no, the wasn't that the blood dragon? Uh, so you, after the labyrinth was then the puzzle of like the floor, which yes. had like pressure sensors, but because I think you were, you guys were kind of like, oh, Rick's <coughs> like not doing so hot, but he's pretty beefy and you just sent him out and just every now and again he'll get like punctured or stabbed oh, yeah. or burned and you'd be like, oh, this isn't working guys. <laughs> just getting pink cushion. Yeah. yeah, I was getting fucked up. As is my role. Button the pun. <laughs> um, has everybody asked a question for this one? I believe so, yeah. 
Uh, any closing thoughts or questions? Yeah, this is definitely the I've had the biggest impact weeks, on yeah. everything we've done so far. Yeah, really yeah. big turning point. Yeah. Shit ton of RP for Sabine and that narrative as well. Like with her mum and yeah. her mm. history. So, yeah, yeah, it was quite a nice bit, of, like an arc for me, even though it was mega depressing. <laughs> yeah, it was. No, it wasn't even, but like even though it was quite difficult <laughs> for the party, it was for my character and their story quite yeah useful really good yeah yeah some fond memories of that one because yeah. a lot of that i think was was that lockdown yeah so we were playing over yeah was, um discord weren't we? yeah jeez right well we will now move on to the third arc um which uh it wasn't that long ago uh, a lot of this has been fairly recent um, and this was uh, arc three of uh, Forward to Destiny. <laughs> nice. So, arc three, Forward to Destiny. Uh, this consisted of episodes 27 to 39, uh, the, those being a simpler time, seeming, the good, the bad and the grey, down and dirty, curiosities and oddities, nature of the beast, welcome to Monolom. <laughs> Fighting in the name of retail therapy, a kingly show, Gauntlet of Cord, part one and part two, and no time to die. Please don't sue us in <laughs> Fleming's estate. They'll um, find a way. <laughs> so yeah, so for the most part in this one, this was just going from having just been dealt a real shit hand from Luxem and being kind of um, forced out and ran out. Uh, you kind of made your way back through Oakdale, which was the first time you'd gone back since the very start of the campaign. You made your way uh, across the peaks, uh, stopped at Brightshade, met a few fun NPCs, <laughs> headed over to Monolum, and then this was where um, it was kind of like a, a combination of some of Auric's backstory yeah. um, and your first tournament. Um, but yeah, that's a general overview of it. Let's uh, let's roll some dice. Yeah, babe. So five for me. Six. Sixteen. Sixteen. Georgie boy, go for it. Oh, baby. Um, so for me, I think, just to go back to those, like, I guess this covers the last three arcs, but also this arc as well, like, moments that felt like your character was, like, doing their thing, like, in the best way possible. So I guess this goes to you two more than the DM. But, like, when we had Na uh, Nature of the Beast. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like we, as a group, fucking strategized the shit out of that. Took out all of those gnolls. They gnolls? It was gnolls, yeah. Oh, that little, uh, yeah. Before the um, circus. That's it, yeah. yeah. And like, yes. Yeah. I fucking loved like creeping up and dropping assassinate on a ton of them and like just doing damage. And it was where I got a kiss from Quinn, which was weird and yeah. kind of hot. I really wish Denver was here to speak. I've, Wanted to ask him about that. Like yeah. since then, yeah. I want to know what the 
Because mm. now we know he's so fucking sneaky yeah. that there must be like a... <laughs> There's something else going yeah. on there, right? And it's like, we've always thought about it, so obviously Sabine mm. all, probably always has that in the back of her mind. 100%. Cut to George asking the other questions about this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for... Obviously we had the tournament stuff in the arc, so for me it was, yeah, Sabine rocking up, yeah. sneaking up, killing a ton of them, just bossing it, and it felt like a nice pick-up from the defeat in Luxem and like getting our asses. I definitely feel like hard. in this arc we definitely it's always been our best in combat. Mm. Um mm. so each to me each part of that arc has had like we had that bit and then we had the actual tournament itself. And even though we didn't win, I think we had some really good strategy and then following on from that we had that like um ambush. Uh Oh yeah, the Crimson the, Legion. Yeah, mm. um, and it feels like we've always been quite tight yeah, this arc with combat. Mm, and someone playing a war cleric, that's very satisfying. Mm. We definitely came into our own in terms of like how we work as a group. Like mm. We've been playing together for so long at that point, like we know each of our roles, we know how we all play, and how to like both, you know, uh, be get the benefits from that, but also know how to deal with other people's weaknesses, because you know, we all have different strategies that we don't always so hot on that kind of shit yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we work well in like balancing that out mm. yeah and that was definitely what we came to but yeah I think like even RP got like tighter as well yeah like, mm. just how our For characters sure. interacted and I think that comes off the back of having such a big defeat in Luxem and like it getting fucked up like I think our characters got closer in a way mm. yeah like I say shared trauma yeah right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it works it's my biggest disappointment in this arc though when <clears throat> when we lost the tournament and I didn't get to go and study under that master smith because like that was technically like Ulrich's thing that's what he set out to do mm. he didn't know about his mum and dad didn't know about all the stuff that was going to happen like his core mission was to go and train under this master smith that was like what he left the dwarves to do, and uh, just was like a, a major flop of oh well, fucked it, sauce. Mm. And that's just how it goes sometimes. But yeah, that's like the biggest thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'd been really great if that had gone mm. so much differently. But mm. yeah, I mean, so there was a couple of things. So like, I think kind of going into this arc, but after Luxem in particular, I was like, you guys need to. Rain it in, plan more, buy more shit, because mm. this is just going to keep happening otherwise. Um, and yeah, and, and like definitely in um, Nature of the Beast, yeah, even I was like, did I make that too easy? Because you guys just like breezed through it, and that was because yeah. you showed restraint, you scoped it out, mm. then you went in, you took it slow, and you kind of worked your way in, like you all focused on the big bads. Um, and in that in, uh, kind of thing as well, it's, this has been like a somewhat of a minor kind of bubbling plot point, but is the the crystals? Yeah. Like mm. the very first null that you guys fought had like that crystalline like substance. Like in it. Yeah, jumping yeah. out of it. The person that like blew themselves up in Terrasol, he had it like fused to him. I saw on a previous note. It was when. It was on a ship somewhere else. Uh, Frederick found found some, yeah. like on in 
in the boat. Yeah, we had to disarm uh, it. Didn't yeah, we? yeah, like it blew up the boat that you were kind of getting aboard. Almost blew up the boat that you were getting across on. Mm. Um, it was inside that gearkeeper construct. Yeah. Like it keeps popping up, um, and I think, I think, Quinn has a piece. Blue side. Because he took it from the Nulls. Yeah. The one that we were like, taking into Monolum were like, fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it's just like another element of this thing just popping up over mm. and over again. But everybody's like, I don't know what this is. But it's, not, it's not good, but yeah. I don't know what it is. We got quite near to the mine for it, didn't we? Or, yep. Yeah, because yep. there was yeah. a whole thing where we tried to get the outpost we could and yeah. it was all locked off. And we were, yeah, that was where it was being. There's generated. also another time where in the recent, uh, it must be... Uh, it must be in the next arc, mm. where we also come across the, those diamonds again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, in regards to Ulrich's thing and like the Master Smithsman, so this was a conversation that we had had outside of game, where I think it was when you were being like resurrected, um, I, I was like, what would be the one thing that Ulrich would want to sort out before he died? Mm -hmm. And you were like, his family. And so that was where I was like, Cool. I mean, if you're if you're going to remain on this plane and have unfinished business, because that's <clears> kind of tied to what a revenant does. Yeah. That's why he's got that like compass, not a tummy hum, no, a compass. compass. Nice tummy hum. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was pulling him towards, which was you know, um, Dergob in Monolum, and then the yeah, other one across the sea. So that felt very much like. Um, I you remember, remember this the quest in Skyrim when you go and infiltrate the. Uh, the um, Elven uh, Dominion Embassy? No, just me. I've never played it. You're a nerd. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've played it, but I just I don't remember that one. Um, so yeah, so that's why even though it was still there, it was still a thing that was built into the world. So it wouldn't have just disappeared, even though your character died. But again, it's a consequence of, of what happened. Yeah, like these things that were important can no longer be important in that way because of how it was so yeah because it was the the story was already kind of <clears> right <throat> we need to get Ulrich to this place because there's a bit of a like a clock on his life and the time that he has on this world so let's get there let's do this cool he's met Durgob now we need to bounce to the next place um, and yeah he was still there if you had one he would have not to make you feel, feel bad about it, but if you had one, he would have made you like some sick-ass armor, which would have possibly helped keep you alive <laughs> to replace the set that you had lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you didn't win. Even though it was part of your backstory, it wasn't like the focal point yeah. for your story now. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, it's always the thing that, you know, if, if somehow you guys find out a way to help Ulrich out of his situation, still there. You can go back and do that tournament again. Oh, baby. So I mean, it has been a, a year. That's a future one-shot yeah. right there. Yeah. That's yeah. a future one-shot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that covers your... Was it a question? It was kind of a question. <laughs> yeah. 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 We kind of went off on some things. Yes. Rollies. That's a good one. That's nine for me. Net two. Ten. Eighteen. <clears throat> so. What you got, Sam? He's got some evil kind of uh, No, 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 not, not evil, not evil. Um, not yet. 
Not from a at this point now. Uh, so I just want to briefly touch on the fact that we technically, with Owain joining the group, <coughs> yeah. this technically would have been your fourth character. Yes. Uh, because uh, <laughs> you had played one episode where you were a battle master, which you kind of touched on earlier. Yep. It was linked to Danton. Gideon? Yes. Gideon, yeah, Gideon. I completely forgot Did his he name. Did he have a Canadian accent? He did. Oh, yeah. yeah. He was he like, was like a little bugbear. He was a. Yeah, I've got it down. It was either a bugbear or it was a shapeshifter with a. like a furry. I, I <laughs> thought it was like a lion. Uh, what's that lion voice? <laughs> A Leonin. Yeah, I'm sure a, he was a on a bear those. kind of guy. I've written. No, he wasn't, <laughs> okay. he wasn't a Leonin. He was definitely. Some no, he was a bear. He was definitely. Yeah, a I think you were a shapeshifter because with shapeshifter you have animal characteristics. Yes. Which give you certain yeah. like bonuses. He started off as a Leonin and then it sort of the personality sort of grew. And I remember I, I did put like a lot of thought into that character, but it just wasn't. You weren't gelling with it, were you? you yeah, didn't like it was the just accent, like, you didn't like the character. You just yeah, and that was very like comedic. Yeah, and that sort were. of bled into when I introduced Owen as well, which was an idea for a character I'd had for a one shot that I never got to play. So I was like, well, fuck it, it's already ready, and it's quite for me like quite a dark backstory, which I'm not used to writing. But I thought it was just like. And then I did it, and I don't know if you remember, but it was this terrible like Owen Wilson impression. Yeah. Wow. And then got about three or four sessions in playing it, I was just like, that's not like it's it's meant to be like obviously he does come across quite weird, but he's meant to be a traumatized character, which is why he's so odd, mm. for lack of a better term. So I was just like, it just it's not matching up. And I feel like a lot of what was coming through on there came from what I was trying to make. Gideon yeah. as well, which which uh, when I started playing as Owen was actually quite a lot of his characteristics and backstory just fused into this other thing that I'd already previously written, yeah. and then it sort of for me he's the, he's like the most well-rounded character, and it's probably the character that I know the best that I've ever played as. Um, but yeah, like even like a year or so down the line, he's still not gelled with the group mm. which I think is actually like I was thinking earlier when you were saying we're all kind of we've got good chemistry but by no means is the group functional like I don't <laughs> no, think they like no. each other yeah it's like, <laughs> like a, a high functioning alcoholic yeah like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. still fucked but yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like <Can't relate. laughs> I, I feel like Sabine and Ulrich are with each other for necessity at this point because you can't really yeah. it's love it's love it's like, kind of like institutionalised at this point yeah <laughs> just been together for so long now yeah. Stockholm Syndrome yeah. yeah we don't know any better because yeah. of the damage yeah, yeah. Like, we need each other <laughs> Quinn is quite shady so we're not we're not ever going to be sure what his true intentions are with staying with a group of people that oh, to him nice. are lesser than mm. Owain doesn't fit in He's just with them because he needs people around him. Um, Ulysses is a bit of a wild And guy. Ulysses is just a fucking weirdo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, it, but it, it works like really well together because I don't, we're all quite reliant on each other. Mm. Yeah. Things, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, so we, uh, you had Gideon for an episode. We brought Who him. almost died immediately. I, yeah, I've got the. Uh, I've went got down to one. Second one, yeah. second one grabs Gideon and starts fucking on him. Uh, <laughs> no, the right up. Yeah, so I think that Shambles. was 
part of the Shamblers. Mm. When he had a rock dropped on him? No, no, that was Owain. Was it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Oh, my mistake then. Because um, he was trying to save Sabine. Yeah, he And he got, yeah, yeah fucked on. Yeah. So seeming seems like some normal bushes, but they actually were Shamblers and they started to kick your yeah. ass a little bit. And that's where you met uh, Styx, the goblin. Yeah. yeah. Oh my another, God, Styx. Another NPC. Uh, and then it was in the good, the bad, and the grey where one of my personal favourite moments. Uh, I almost killed you with a single hit. Yes, a rock giant critted. That was on hit. Uh, on stream, wasn't it? Yes, it was on yeah. stream. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think I've got a clip of it somewhere uh, where I, I tell you how much damage it was. It was like something like seventy-four. It was, and you were like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, outrage. Yeah, yeah. I was. I think at that point I'd had like so I was just so fed up of like seemingly being like bad and I remember yeah. at this point I was even messaging Dan and I was just like I might end up quitting because it's like everything is going against me and I just like I was just like I don't even know if I even know how to play D&D because it's just always bad um, but yeah it was just it's, you know it's D&D it's just it's luck yeah. more than anything. Yeah. Um, Lady luck. But yeah. Yeah. I, just a small thing. I really liked Gideon. Yeah. But the, the, yeah. The, the I get what you mean there because of how he was introduced to the group. It was like immediately funny. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that was really hard to maintain for you. Yeah. I think what didn't yeah. help was because we were streaming it on Twitch. Yeah. The chat was also like, oh yeah, Owen Wilson. Oh, it's funny. Oh, yeah. Which probably didn't help yeah and I didn't like the fact that yeah I'd immediately did that character didn't like it and then went into another character and did a stupid voice and I was just like I actually just want to do just like a serious yeah, thing yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah so we were introduced to that um, one of my favourite moments um, <laughs> but because of that you know we so we picked up Owain we picked up Ulysses yeah um and we met some quite a few NPCs because there was a new two new places that you yeah. had visited, uh, a new group that you guys had come along. So for me, uh, is uh, I mean, are there any particular NPCs that you guys are quite fond of? Um, there was one introduced in Bright Shade. Well, there's a couple in Bright Shade. You had the guy that was playing the spoons. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't, you can't not talk about that old hag. She was an experience, mm. to say the least. Yeah. There's still so something yeah. Yeah, there's still <laughs> something going on my there. My life has left me scarred and deformed. <laughs> there's still something going on there, you know. Like how she's like got your hair she, or something. I mean, not that anybody else knows about this, and it, it happens in the next art, but she did get a hold of Owain. Oh, yeah, she contacted She did, you. yeah. She yeah. You. Because of the hair? Oh, yeah. That wouldn't have... Part of it. Yeah. Part of it. I made that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was very much a case of me not being familiar. Again, it was a whole amalgamation of things. It was just like, it was a funny situation, but again, I didn't want my character in those kind of situations. So I think my hesitance as a player bled over into uh, Owain's, who is meant to be, believe it or not, have is like... A character with a pretty decent charisma, so like deception, uh, persuasion, persuasion, and a couple of other bits. I was like, we'll put him at the front of this situation because he's there to handle it, and 
didn't handle it in the slightest. <laughs> but but yeah. I think it added to it because his whole thing is he's not good around women. Like his biggest influence in his life was a woman, but someone who caused him the most pain in his life was a woman. So it sort of was a cross, like a cross point. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So you had you had sticks. He met up with. Um, you went back to Maggie's place in Oakdale. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! Yeah, that was that was fun. Um, Get Maggie. Uh, yeah, Edie, uh, Edith, Edie, one of the most. I've still got the <clears throat> sex potion. Oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I'm just yeah, waiting yeah, for the yeah, right yeah. time to bust it out. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Um, there was also the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with Nephros. No, no. This right. is well. You did. A, you met them at the tournament, and that, mm. they were part of the Gilded Marauders. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Brotherhood are kind of creepy, aren't they? Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Are they the yeah, ones they that are, we like, uh, met on the road and yeah. they're a bit suspect? They yeah yeah like odd odd bunch they, of they guys hunting people who like make packs and stuff, aren't they? Yeah, they're directly looking for one of us then. Um, maybe. So it was the Brotherhood of the Unbroken, who you guys kind of sat down with for a little bit. Uh, the leader of their group was Ostenza. He was very cool. Yeah, he, he was another fun one. Um, yeah, Edie, uh, Lawmaster Shadonis in Brightshade, Randolph Buffkin. Yeah. That rings a bell, yeah. He is the ringmaster yeah. of Randolph's Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Um, he did not oh, like there, was a, there was a whole episode where we were doing like circus stuff. Yeah. 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 A whole episode where you just, yeah, you just performed. And me and Quinn were just drinking rose and schmoozing. Yeah, like, I was yeah. putting in the work. And yeah. you were like getting shit thrown at you <laughs> in the ring. Um, yeah, it did be like that. Yeah, and then because of that, uh, because you entered the tournament, you also met the Valkyries, the Bonebreakers, Bert and the Bucket Lumps, oh, Death's Emissaries, uh, and the Gilded Marauders as well. Death's Emissaries, the Edgelords. <laughs> <laughs> that could be cool. Yeah. It was, um, yeah, yeah, there was lots of cool NPCs that I got to experiment with, and um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. The tournament was tough, but... Yeah, yeah, Edie mm. was great. Mm. Yeah, Edie was great. That was just purely based on the fact that it was like a, all I I think all I had really written down for it was like a weird kind of uh, curiosity like shot, mm. and I think I was just yeah I was just like oh it, probably a creepy old woman runs it oh but maybe maybe she's kind of lonely and because <laughs> because you were leading no, the no, way no, no. and you had that charisma I was just like oh maybe she, yeah she finds him attractive but just oh, he's everybody a else just started feeding yeah. into it it just made <laughs> it so onto the fire. Yeah. Yeah. it was we definitely it felt like all, a, yeah. it was hazing mm. I think for the new guy <laughs> yeah. Ulysses was newer name? that's true yeah that's true yeah, yeah. I felt like Ulysses could have had to a plan yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, Edie for you. Yeah, Edie would be mine. Any yeah. any other? I mean, you met Danton again in this arc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who was the one that had like a gun? Oh, Holiday. Oh, Holiday. Yeah, yeah that was one. arc one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You only yeah. met him briefly. You didn't go back to see him because 
who's full of guards uh, for, or lancers from Luxem, so you're like, eh, stick away uh, with that. But how is it dark? I might ask with my brain doesn't work. Um, but yeah, uh, any other favourite NPCs from this particular arc? Edie's still at top of yeah, me. It's just fantastic. Yeah. We like creepy names. Mm. We yeah. like creepy not, Nathan. Not Nephros? Well, we didn't well, interact with yeah. 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 I didn't like shame. all the posturing and like the tense before and yeah um, yeah that's always a tough one because as a as a dm you don't want to kind of you don't want to pit yourself against the players because that's not the point of it yeah um but, but there must have been like a nice sort of way into doing that yeah because it was like it was kind of going against each other but not and it was yeah it was mainly just because you had built up such a it was like the players really liked Danton, but the characters really didn't like Danton. Yeah. And so it was just a way of like like nudging you a little bit and just constantly like, oh, poking you, I'm poking you, do something silly. <laughs> but in particular, this I think throughout your time in Monolomas, yeah, it was a real kind of time of growth because you didn't really get into up, trouble. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, you didn't, I mean, you didn't really kill anybody that you didn't need to yeah. um, you kind of worked with the law like this was like the first time that you're like oh this despite having I, I don't want to say people's alignment but some questionable alignment characters this was the first time that you kind of operate as a good unit, unit mm. and kind of good alignment pie yeah. Um, which made my life a lot easier and I think that's maybe why Monolon was kind of a bit more fleshed out as a city because it, I, I wasn't worrying about you pissing off the Crown's Guard and being in a prison most of the time mm. it gave me time to kind of like mess around some, some <laughs> we also became minor celebrities after the tournament yeah mm. that's fun yeah. and some really nice touches with that mm. especially the one where he said like there was a Little like little girl in the street ran over to Sabine. I was like, that's a nice touch. Yeah, well, like again. this little minor celebrity. Like, oh, we're leveling <laughs> up now. We're like what level? Like ten at that point. Like, yeah. we're not just I mean, some people that are stumbling around hoping to not die at the next corner. We're actually like powerful. Adventurous. Exactly. Like you point. are. I mean, depending on where you are, you have a good. But you you are famous or infamous. Mm. But that's that should be reflected in the fact that yeah, you are leveling up. You're getting to higher levels, and so your power level is getting higher, and your exploits are becoming talked about. And as a group, we have always been quite. We've always done stuff in public, yep. so it feels mm. very natural that people would start to know and hear about this certain group. Yeah, but it's little things like that that again, um, for like other DMs, I think it's like a nice touch to show that your actions have impacts mm. and you know it doesn't always have to be like a guild master has reached out to you because they've heard of a job that you did sometimes it can just be smaller things of like just a, a small npc interaction just yeah. sort of like oh nice yeah and kind of a big help. deal yeah, yeah exactly also we have a name now at this point as a group yes the death huns <laughs> the death huns <laughs> Those hums, eh? They really fuck with you. Who yeah, the hums are called? <laughs> we need to clip that, like evolution of death hums and how they came yeah, to be. Yeah, somehow find that. Yeah, that was yeah. really funny. I remember. I hate it so much. I mean, it's fine. Like you can call yourselves whatever you want, but it's just like, oh yeah, he's got this like dark force that's pulling him in a particular direction. 
Oh, this is his little tummy hump. <laughs> <laughs> no! Stop! <laughs> Please, God, no! Step away from getting the tummy hump. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, rollies? Yes, 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 yes. For nine. Fifteen. Fourteen. Fourteen. Uh, who would you like to pick? Who's. You both haven't got any of these That's boys. That's correct, yeah. Uh, you were 14, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, oh, mine's gone blank. <laughs> I have one. Nice. One, one, one in the chamber. Go on, hit us. Uh, yeah, just in case of the Brotherhood. Yeah. I feel like, Ooh. was that meant to be... Obviously, you don't have to answer fully. Like, maybe some kind of foreshadowing. Or was it just meant to be like, hey, this is a real world... Sometimes you'll just meet people that you'll just this never see or hear of again. Because um, I never of... got the feeling it was setting something up, but it was just like in the back of our minds, we now we know there's like another faction. It it was a it was like a mixture of things. Like one, it was just like I wanted you to have an encounter that wasn't just oh it's combat, oh it's a scary monster, oh it's some treasure. Like mm. I wanted it to just be like. Every now and again, you're gonna have like just a, an interaction with a group or a, a person, and it doesn't have to be combat related. Um, uh, yeah, and it was kind of just teasing. Oh, yeah, there are other entities out in the world that have their own agendas, mm. and you know they might overlap with what you're doing. They might have nothing to do with what you're doing. Uh, but it's again just another way of letting you know that the world is like a breathing and existing and constantly moving place even if you're not there to witness it um but it was also like a way to kind of just say look you know there are other things like you know you're gonna get to the end of this story there will be other like you can carry on after that and once you get to the end of it you're like okay well there's this thread there's this thread there's there's all these things that we can kind of pull on and, and go back and revisit um but it was just like a fun little thing and like yeah, it was kind of very early on when I was writing this, I had the idea of a faction that... Because the idea of, like, warlocks just making packs with divine beings or, you know, devils and things like that, and then they've just got powers. Mm. I was like, why would anybody be okay with that? Like, some random guy who has, I don't know, killed a bunch of dogs before, and he's like, oh, I'd really like to do more with that. Oh, I'm going to sell my soul. Like there would be people that would take umbrage with that, mm. and so it just seemed like a cool idea to have this like very elite group of people that are like, no, no, those people shouldn't be allowed to have those powers, and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing was, you know, again, it was like another thing of kind of touched on this a couple of times of like what is good and what is bad. Mm. Like, what's your definition of and it? who decides that? Exactly. Yeah. So it's like another way for you guys to kind of question that, especially with someone in your party who a lot of religious people would be like he's evil like you are walking with an undead creature yeah kill him well that was sort kill of him. uh <laughs> do it do it uh owen's mo for the first few sessions yeah you were never very, yeah was always saying to ulysses i am gonna kill this person mm. we need to finish him off yeah, yeah. and yeah it was always that's where their bond came to is he was always trying to get him on side because he was like i'm not good like, like in this that. environment but i know we that, can do it together that whole chat with Bill got quite tense because ulrich was being ulrich and like let a few things slip and what's his face got kind of like 
intrigued about a few things and it got very tense for a little bit so it's kind of mm. cool I like that yeah it was a, yeah, it's an interaction that really sticks out mm. for me I think it just comes back to what you were saying earlier about like previous campaigns not necessarily having as much weight on actions like that cause and effect it almost feels like a lot of the world you've built but there's a lot of emphasis on that cause and effect like mm. like you said warlocks exist there's going to be people that disagree with that um, yeah. mm. that's come around quite a few times and it's like a really nice kind of just like like physics in the background of the world mm. it just happens yeah and it's like there's emphasis on that yeah yeah i mean like when we've done one shots in the past there's been like a time element to it where if you've decided to do something maybe i think it was like the battle of stonehaven where depending on how long you took meant how far a battle had progressed in the background um, the one we got stuck on the beach and couldn't yeah couldn't for the couldn't life of us actually just up climb up, up the beach yeah yeah um yeah and so yeah i just really kind of like that idea and again it makes from my opinion it makes you more invested as a player because you're like oh cool what I do matters like I think some of the best RPGs are where it's not just a uh, you do this and something happens you do this and something happens but it doesn't actually affect the rest of the game mm -hmm. that kind of like the end of Mass Effect 3 when it just comes down to like a red blue or green choice or whatever it was and that's it everything else you did didn't really matter mm -hmm. whereas like in Mass Effect 2, the suicide mission where every interaction that you've had with players or um, NPCs determines whether they live or if they die and that actually kind of be like, oh shit, I really like that character, I fucked up. Hmm. Another example of that is in uh, Witcher 3 when uh, you've got Triss and you've got Yennefer and I remember being like, well obviously I'm going to like get with both of them because that would be fine there'd be no consequence for that at all mm -hmm. and right at the end of the, the game it's like cool yeah they both hate you now because you tried to fuck them both and did to fuck them both over and I was like oh <laughs> shit I have to think about my actions <laughs> god damn it god damn it what is my one this is bullshit <laughs> this is bullshit <laughs> yeah I like that a lot yeah, uh, I know it's going to be Tim's turn, but Robbie's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Any I'm, excuse to roll a dice. I haven't got anything in the oh, 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 oh. Nine, I think that's, that's my third two. nine in a row. Six. Uh, well, still, you get to go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> second lowest dose. Yeah. So, is it? So, thinking about Edith is getting me a bit. The PTSD's kicking in. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything in any of these arcs mm. that you wrote and then were like, no, nah, this doesn't work? Ooh. Um, not to sound arrogant, but I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, because I don't, I have like a few long overarching storylines that will kind of happen to some degree or another <clears throat> but a lot of the time we're just doing it from like kind of session to session where we have like a rough storyline that we're following but because of how chaotic in the first couple of seasons or arcs that you guys are I was like I can't really plan that far in advance because you might decide to kill the guards and uh, that fucks everything up <laughs> um, uh, so yeah I mean like the the very first episode I was a little bit dubious about because it was like kind of a bit on the line in terms of like subject matter but I was like no it's you know it serves a narrative purpose and it's supposed to be a reflection of the light uh, the, the world that we live in because that's normally where you pull uh, 
narrative influence from is like your surroundings and what, you know the shit that you're dealing with. Um, like I said, there was always like, ah, oh, should I have just let Auric die? Um, that was always a little bit of like a sticking point for me. Um, in this arc, I think this was probably the the only arc where I was like, I feel like a narrative story is being told and it's relatively like steady. There hasn't been too many deviations from it. Steady, steady. Um, <laughs> I think the only thing, there was like a, a couple of combat encounters that you missed out on in Bright Shade. And I think this is partially um, something that I need to, to work on is like conveying intent better. Because I feel like ever since you guys have been working towards Ulrich's thing, it's always been like a, no, we need to go. We need to be quick. Mm. And I think that's kind of caused, uh, so like there was a few jobs that you could have done and gotten some money from Brightshade. There was un like uh, an encounter, I won't go into specifics, but it was like, you'd go in there, think it's all fine. And then it would be this weird, like, um, almost like the thing scenario oh, where you get like isolated and then mm. you have to kind of decide are we are we all good? Yeah, is that person good? And there'd be like lots of insight checks and stuff like that. Um, and then when you left Monolon, you left pretty quickly. And again, I was like, you've got time to like buy stuff and stuff. And you did to a certain extent, but it meant that you skipped over something that happened to Sabine. Because um, yeah, we we'd left we were, as we were leaving. We yeah. went past the. The crime scene, didn't we? Mm -hmm. I, think, oh. I think I clocked in, didn't think I'd ever want to. Shit, yeah. yeah. Because you're all like, oh, we need to go. Like, time is of the essence. So it's kind of one of those things where kind of putting a timer on things and there being like consequences is kind of good, but putting too much of an emphasis on that causes, again, from my point of view, causes your players to go, oh, okay, well, we don't have time to take a beat. We have to, we have to push through. So, yeah. That's probably like the only thing really for me. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. But something that we haven't really spoken about at all uh, for this arc is the gauntlet of court. That was like, mm -hmm. that was loads and loads of combat. Yeah. Uh, potentially long lasting effects for, I think uh, this was like, there was a lot of stuff in there for Ulysses, which, you know, maybe insert here. George, yeah. <laughs> with, you uh, with Rob, um, but I know that he definitely kind of spoke to me a lot about <coughs> con like a similar situation where he felt like he was dying a lot and going down a lot, mm. and it's like I should be I should be really good. Like why am I? Why is this keep happening? And again, it's just sometimes in D and D you can be the best player. Yeah, and to Rob's credit as well, I think he's allowed that to sort of affect his character absolutely in a way where he's sort of had like um, a shock to the system mm. where it's just like okay what I thought worked doesn't work and now I'm finding a way to adjust yeah which kind of obviously real life events have taken place but it's quite cool how he's led that into okay I need to some time to figure things out character building yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things and I think for, for myself and George it's uh, some of the, like the best stuff about um, Critical Role and Dimension 20 where like you have this idea for a character but then as the narrative goes on you let that and the game and the roles inform your character decisions because if you're very rigid 
you know, it almost gets to the point where you know what happens in the game is inconsequential because it's not changing your idea of your character. Mm. But if you're like letting losses affect your character, it helps form them and change it into something more than what you were expecting it to be. Mm. Yeah, you either, your character either comes in like fresh and like doesn't really have a massive expectation of themselves, and then the world will decide how that looks, or they come in like as a really built character who's like really confident or arrogant or whatever and then they can get fucking humbled mm. Mm. and that then changes how they look at themselves and I think that's happened a lot with probably all of our characters mm. at some point well it was uh, a lot of uh, a lot of fun to plan it was a lot of combat because there was like some planning of combat for the other groups that you met including mm. the gilded merchants as we mentioned earlier uh, the valkyries and what not um but yeah, it, it's just another one of. I personally feel like combat is probably the hardest thing to plan as a as a DM, because you don't want it to be too easy where it's just like an unsatisfying mm. win, but you also don't want it to be so hard that you're kind of like left feeling, oh, were we ever going to be able to beat that? Um, but yeah, it, and it's tough with successive combat, especially when you've got fucking paladin. <laughs> yeah, I remember we talked about this a little while ago when you were like, how do I implement something that will, like, fuck up a paladin? Because they've got so many things that can... How'd you wear them down? Do that. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. like, with, with most people, it's just like, oh, it, maybe it's a particular damage type. Maybe it's, a, like, with if you've got a party with a lot of melee fighters, if you want to test them, then you can do a flying enemy. Um, but with a paladin, and from what I can see online, uh, it's mainly just like successive battles because mm. they've only got a few spell slots. Like, sure, they can hit hard, but they can only do it so many times. Mm. And then it becomes a question of okay, well, do I hold back? Is this the fight yeah. where I should go out? You know, it, it, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one, but it gives you more things to think about. So, yeah. you got close. Yeah, yeah, it was um, almost uh, took him took out Rob Ulysses. Yeah, Rob being jaeged by someone else in that scenario. So this is where okay, <laughs> this is where the, the theory of not letting <laughs> you jaeger people, Tim. Came it's because I play everyone like Ulrich, and because <laughs> <laughs> Ulrich is undead. Yeah, praise be, praise be. Um, What's up? Yeah, you. Well um, so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and it was nice giving you like a, a chance to roll and see what you would end up fighting. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. There was Rumble in the Jungle. Um, that was one of the ones that you ended up doing in the first round. There was also um, uh, I can't remember what it what it was called specifically, but it, was, it would have been like a giant ape and a giant T-Rex which was kind of like Godzilla versus Kong mm. <laughs> um, and there was Ride the Lightning and yeah it was just a lot of fun to kind of give you multiple potential outcomes but very stressful as a, as a DM um, but yeah and like yeah it was a, a loss but again it was like a nice way of being like hey look you know you're not always gonna win and even if you guys did go down there was like on hand medics clerics uh, to like revivify those that they could, so yeah, it was a lot, of, a lot of fun. Yeah, I enjoyed it. But you did. Uh, so being caught a little summon something. 
Yeah, so that I'm I'm really looking forward to dealing with that with the group. Yeah, we haven't had too much time to explore it, which I kind of feel bad about, but at the same time, you've been on a boat and there's not really too much you can do with that. As a month passed, or whatever, the moon cycle is in your hey, world. Hey, like, this moon cycle <laughs> changes as and when I need it to. Because okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing the next full moon's going to be some interesting... Yeah, um, it's always something I do forget about. Yeah, because it was... You had your first transformation the night before you guys left, mm. um, and then you, yeah, you were kind of heading out of town. You saw the remnants of it, and it was just like, ah, shit. Anyway, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. carried on, yeah. Um, but yeah, 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 it'll come back to oh. bite you. Pardon the pun. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what else. There was also that super intense moment where you kind of learned a bit more about Phelanus with that fortune teller. Her, that's my Ooh. favorite um, interaction I've ever had in mm. the campaign is that whole uh, like dream sequence mm. um, that you sort of just, I, when you're describing it, I remember just being like, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And when so good. you were playing her getting like tortured by him mm-hmm. in the thing, it was like, oh, shit. Yeah, because, um, yeah, there's been, because obviously at this point now, Oryx died a couple of a couple times. times um, and uh, yeah, a lot of the dream sequences are somewhat inspired by um, Max Payne 1, when he's running through like his dead mm. child and he's just going through like an empty black void, but just following a trail of blood. I kind of pulled some some um, inspiration from that, but yeah, that was like the first time to kind of give you a proper taste of what is it this entity that you're dealing with, and it was quite fitting that it ended up being Ulrich and Sabine in this like void sphere, and the kind of outsiders of the group kind of outside just kind of witnessing it, mm-hmm. um, and that wasn't that wasn't pre-planned. That was just you guys were like. Oh yeah, uh, Sabine's gonna go in with Auric, of course. And it was just quite nice that it ended up working out that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, those sort of things are quite fun to do. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. It really helps as a as an actor, an actor, thespian <laughs> inside the actor's bumper. Um, so before we move on to the final arc, um, yeah, any other favourite bits from this one? Any um, any standout moments? Always good to run into Nephros. Oh, always a pleasure, <laughs> in a, in never a, a chore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just my, my narcissistic side being like, eyes in it. But the way that I justify that is that he, in the, so for the people that don't know, in the other camp- uh, campaign that we play, um, uh, uh, I was playing uh, a rogue warlock called Nephros. <laughs> who everybody didn't like, because he was a bit of an ass, but yeah. Um, and he had the deck of many things, and in my mind I was like, hey, maybe he pulled a card that shunted him to a different like reality or a different universe. And uh, he's there just trying to figure his shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, that was fun. Dancing, offering Sabine a job, that was pretty fit. I yeah. was like, yeah, she's off. Fuck the death harms, she's off. Yeah, it's off with these lot. Let's do it. Yeah. yeah. I really like Danton. He, even though, like, Edwin's more of like a, 
a me. Dancing's more of like a what I'm not and kind of how I wish I could just be without <laughs> repercussion. Mm. Just a complete ass that just calls anything out when he wants to. Yeah. Um, be more dancing. Oh, what a guy. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that covers most things in this arc. So we're now moving over to the final arc before we uh, took our break, which is arc four. Gods, boats, and death. So, arc four, gods, boats, and death. Um, couldn't really think of like a just a general word that could encapsulate this arc because so much weird shit happens. Mm. <laughs> so um, this one is episode forty to episode fifty-three. That includes uh, bare necessities, crimson rain, the many faces of evil, ghosts and ghouls, a traveller's plight, dockyard dealings, truth or dare, a sight to behold. Grave sins, family, commotion in the ocean, boulder and lightning, mm-hmm. thunderstruck, and finally, to the lost ones. So, this was another. I feel like this is one where maybe a bit more, um, I guess, lore of the world started mm-hmm. kind of coming to the surface, like some more threads about the past. Um, more stuff about Auric and his situation came about. Um, this is where, like, yeah, the traveler popped up, um, and you guys met possibly your favorite NPC ever, Kajuri. Oh, all right, the cab. Oh man, What's I need a minute. Minute. I just need a minute. <laughs> that boy. So. Again, just as a general overview, I probably should have done this for the other ones, but fuck it, it's the first time that we've done this. Um, so you had begun to set your journey off following the final uh, kind of uh, pull that Auric had. Um, you headed east, um, encountered the Crimson Legion, you had uh, an ambush with them. Um, you then had another dungeon crawl. Mm in suspicious kind of circumstances. You went through that, uh, made your way to um, Merchant's Hollow, where you met uh, Captain of the Reef Sprinter, um, uh, Kendrick Zorinder, uh, met his crew, uh, and you had like a nice John T. Sea journey, which was quite fun, but it quickly became unfun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and mm-hmm. culminated in, a, in quite the end uh, for a mid-campaign break. So, Rollies? Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, baby. It's a 15 for me. 10. 13. Sai, uh, you go first. Yeah, so actually, looking back on my notes, um, not to like jump ahead too far, uh, we've... St- actually started out on the boat from around early to mid-February. Really? Yeah. Um, so long ago. I suppose we did have a lot of breaks. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We had a break. When the idea that you had to get us on a boat to get somewhere else first sort of came up, were 
like how many sessions in your mind did you think that would take and obviously was it influenced sort of being like okay maybe this has lasted a bit longer than I thought obviously when we did uh, Gone of Court I think we had like three episodes of prep Mm. three sessions of prep before actually playing and that went on for like another four so did that kind of put you at ease to be like maybe it is okay to sort of take a bit of time with this um yeah I mean it was I will say that the the time at sea probably went on longer than I thought it would um and I do feel like by this point um again for like other DMs out there I was starting to get somewhat fatigued both Mm -hmm. like creatively and as like someone that you know um having to make sure that you're spinning all of these plates and everybody's having a good time but then also running a podcast for it as well uh I think it was kind of like taking a toll a little bit um and so some of my personal uh I feel anyway uh weaker sessions were like in here or in this arc um but yeah uh it it did running like an encounter table for the the ocean aspect certainly made things a lot easier because it Mm. just meant there was loads of stuff planned you guys kind of control what ends up happening um and it takes a lot of onus off of me um but yeah uh i don't know if that answers your question for sure (laughs) yeah yeah i'll allow it oh thank (laughs) you Yeah. (laughs) yeah it was just um yeah Definitely got to the point where I was like, okay, I've been running this now for like two years. I'm I'm ready for a break. Yeah. <laughs> well owned break. Yes, yes. Yeah. 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 I I think the time at sea has been really fun. Like as far as like all the different things that could happen, like some fucking majestic moments when that like mm. yeah like astral dragon yeah. flew over <laughs> the ship, and like even down to like the saddest moments, like when. Fucking Ulrich got torn to pieces and then blown up. <laughs> um, finding the family note. Yeah, yeah. The name of the episode, family. I feel like, like your sorry to interrupt, but no, like your it. storytelling is really dialed in mm. at this point. And I think like the last few episodes definitely, or, or the whole um, like mini arc on the boat has really sort of displayed that. Yeah, I mean, whilst. Like I say, I'm kind of, kind of starting or started to kind of feel like I was burning out a little bit. Um, it has made things like because whilst you're on land, there is other little things that can mm. pop up here and there. But this has very much been we're just heading in one direction. Um, great band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great. We're just great heading eyes. in one uh, direction. It's just us. There's not really any outside influence. Um, and it just really, yeah, allowed me to focus. And also, whilst you you guys, because of, you know, bad roles, um, the decisions that you've made, it's meant that you've never really stayed anywhere for that long. Mm. And so this felt like the first time that you guys actually got to stay with a group of NPCs and you had lots of time to kind of talk to whoever you wanted to yeah. try and build relationships or, mm. you know... Try and fuck the captain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he I feel did. Feel like it was the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And he did. <laughs> yeah. um, he hey, did. look, I, the whole like Quinn and you know George insert here your conversation with um, 
down the load if you do end up doing that or if not. Um, but that that whole thing was just like my way of kind of saying, look, you know, just just because you have a low stat ability doesn't mean that you can't explore that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you know, the amount of times that Ulrich at one point or another has been like, yeah, I like do a flip over this guy, even though I weigh three hundred eighty pounds. It's like. <laughs> You can <laughs> You can roll for it and see what happens and I like, always do and it goes great. <laughs> <laughs> but it gives you that option of like, you know, typically if you're a barbarian, you're dumb and you, you steer clear of those sort of interactions. Um so yeah, so just because you're not a face character doesn't mm. mean that there aren't gonna be people that just find you attractive. Yeah. Um and you know, you could be someone that's not super high in strength, but maybe you just got fat quads, and so you can just squat a load. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it just really meant that we could kind of focus in on on just like one storyline, and, and because we were kind of heading towards the end of it, it kind of helped in terms of like refining hmm. what we were kind of delving into with with Oryx's kind of plot. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, Rollies. Oh, yeah, <laughs> give me that net 20, baby. Three, ten oh, doesn't count. Yeah. Shit, seven, twelve. Um, uh, sorry, I'm getting a bit tired at this point, boys. Mm. Uh, if you could change one thing that your character did. What characters? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, uh. What would it be? Ooh. In this arc, at least. Just In this, this arc. This arc yeah. yeah. Um. Hmm. Uh, not shooting that ghost. <laughs> because I dropped to zero HP and was like, oh shit. Uh, like from like full HP to zero. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? <coughs> I was just like, ah, but the thing is I did it as like a, like that is exactly what my character would do. In that situation, there's an enemy in front of me. I don't know what the fuck it is. I don't care what it is. I'm going to shoot it. Shot it. Didn't work. Dead. Yeah, I mean, to be Survived, fair... Survived, but died, <laughs> temporarily. To be fair, like, a lot of, you know, part of, you know, your playstyle, a rogue's playstyle, and just what Sabina's been doing is, like, cool, get in, get a shot off, do a shit ton of damage, and then get out. Mm. She'd never really faced ghosts or banshees before, and, yeah, it was just, again, unfortunate role. Like, I think the DC was, like, only, like, 11 or 12. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um... But yeah, failed it, and then yeah, you dropped to zero, and that is probably the first time mm. in a long time that like Sabina's like in danger of dying, yeah. and you are the only person that hasn't died from like the original crew, I think, because yeah. Quinn's not died or not gone down to zero. No, I don't think so. No. Mm. But yeah, original crew, yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a regret. <laughs> as soon as I did it, you were like. Okay, roll. I was like, oh yeah, it's shit. You're like, okay. Uh, 
Yeah, I saw you like beavering away like. Uh, uh, right, yeah, uh, Sabina's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that would be my uh, regret from this arc. Regret. Mm. But uh, yeah, still played the character. So. <laughs> Mine's nice and easy, just not levitating down in the middle of that boat. <laughs> <laughs> Right, it was her. There you go. Just getting absolutely fucked on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that got you good. But and you're literally like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like a mixture of like low rolls, not really seeing everything that's going on. Yeah. Um, and I think you and me had a conversation about this afterwards, where I was like, like you, you are. And this is a tough one for, again, kind of barbarians and certain like attributes things. Like, whilst you do have low intelligence, or in your case, quite low intelligence, uh, you are still wise. And then it's striking that balance between, okay, well, what's a smart decision and what's a wise decision? And that's always a tough balance to strike. Yeah, um, I've messed up a few times, if I'm honest. Yeah, but again, I feel like it kind of just plays into Ulrich. He's not incredibly old. Um, and it's quite young for an orc, yeah. yeah, and he is very dumb. <laughs> but I, you know, also, you know, correct me if I'm wrong or if I'm reading too much into it. But because you are dead and you can come back, it's like, well, what's the worst that can happen? Mm, yeah, Dr. Pepper, it. you blow up. Yeah, <laughs> get ripped apart. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't really <laughs> thought that was it for him. So I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I think I think we all did. Yeah. yeah. I thought, no, there's no there's no coming back. No, that's the very landing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Terminator style. <laughs> I need your boots, your motorcycle. <laughs> Come and if you want to live. Yeah, I mean, you know, we in this arc you had you coming back from the dead after dying in the ambush and, and being kind of like not yourself or possessed by Phelanus and the kind of further pushing the point home of, you know, you are not yourself, you know, you're not fully in control anyway. Um, but yeah, and that was just part of the Revenant, which is, if you're, well, yeah, it's just part of being the Revenant. Um, so yeah, yeah, but that was, yeah, as you were like floating down, I was like, oh, God, no, <laughs> please, no. <laughs> even, even when you were like, oh, we're splitting the party, you're gonna <laughs> and the one character that that particular villain, if you want to call him that, Maggie would not want to see. Is me. Oh, just like, was you you were the reason she like went on like this like bad path. And again, not planned. You were just like, yeah, I'm gonna float down there. You didn't know that it she was, was gonna be there. Yeah. <sighs> How's your dead fake. kid? <laughs> She's just like <laughs> no, I did this feel, fucking guy. Really? <laughs> I did feel vindicated in that sense because I was like, I see, I knew it, baddie. Yeah. Well, Ulrich felt vindicated anyway. Yeah. But yeah, like like we said, like there was like when you very first met her, you kind of shoved her son's dead body in her face, and it was all kind of mangled, and you were just like, ah, oh, here you go, and it was kind of like not handled in the best way. So I was like, okay, that's that's a strike. <laughs> then you were like you barged into a house because Auric was like getting weird vibes from her uh, but instead of being like going down the diplomatic uh, path it was like no nah, I'm going I'm coming in and you boot you busted in and it was just like her son being like prepared for like a 
ceremony, which again, I was like, cool, another strike. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there were some roles in the background from that person that you were like, you saw like someone dodgy going from the tavern to her place, but you were kind of on your way Ooh. out of Oakdale. Um, yeah, I remember so, that vividly and being like, oh. Yeah. And yeah. so that yeah, had yeah. some uh, some things happen. Um, but yeah, just yeah, fucking <laughs> the first person that she sees is just you. Just like, oh, uh, <laughs> fancy seeing you here. <laughs> but that was like it was a very Shrek moment. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. Her, but her coming back as part of the big bad was like it's cool. Yeah, yeah. That was literally like session two. I was like, cool. She's gonna come back in some capacity. Yeah. And whether or not she turns over to you lot or not is depending on what you guys do and yeah. It just didn't didn't work out that way. But oh, it didn't work out at all. But because we were running it off of an encounter table, it might never have happened. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Uh your... big mistake. Um or something not, you could change. Sorry. Yeah. Not um being as confrontational as I would have liked owing to be with Sabine and finding out she about the letter. the letter. Um, I feel like Sabine and Irene haven't really had a lot of interaction Ooh. leading up to it, which might have been it because part of what I'm trying to have Owen accomplish is just understand regular people, like not people that are part of a church or nobles, just everyday people, which is why he sticks with the group. And I think kind of turning in on himself was a bit of a mm. bit of a mistake like there should have been a case of like chewing her out mm. but also knowing the contents of the letter <laughs> kind of had like a there was just a cloud over him mm. so yeah like quite a small thing but I feel mm. like in terms of like character growth to me it feels like a bit of a step back mm. yeah but yeah I feel like live Sab and learn. Sabine does stuff and I forget that she's meant to be a bit of a fucking prick at times mm. but I feel bad like I'll do it like the letter like, yeah. I, I was like oh, I feel bad mm. but I know she wouldn't at all yeah. she'd be like oh that's unfortunate <laughs> pop that in his bag yeah. and move away from it um, but yeah I, I get that yeah. yeah when we did confront about it it was like kind of like a was it when we were all sharing truths as a group yes. yeah yeah that's there, was, there was remorse on her side there was and I think it was because it was just after I think Owen shared a bit of his backstory yeah so I think maybe if he hadn't yeah it might not have even happened yeah. Yeah, yeah he would have just kept being a nervous wreck wondering where that letter had come from yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've got another regret yeah Falling in love with Kajori just to have my heart <laughs> fucking broken. Yeah. Should never have let the boy in. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is why you close off. Yeah, actually, uh, yeah. NPC wise, yeah. NPC wise, what a fucking character, yeah. Kajori. Yeah. You had us all eaten out of your hand. Just this boy, <laughs> just uh, the best boy. boy. <laughs> uh, he wasn't even meant to be like that. He was just supposed to be like a big dumb like deck hand. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where sometimes a lot of like your NPC characters are somewhat formed by the party and what their interactions are with them. Um, and yeah, yeah, that was just one of those cases where everybody seemed to immediately like click with him. And because of that, 
you kind of you interacted with him more than anybody else yeah. and then it was like oh well he's getting fleshed out so he's got this weird past but he found religion now he's like trying to be good but he just has this weird thing with knots um, <laughs> was putting in the ex-torturer narrative to try and put us off him or were you just because like, we were like obsessed with him and you're like I need to put him onto someone else well yeah it was like originally like I say, it was just like big dumb strong deckhand who's mm. also a cleric because I was trying to round out the crew to kind of help you out if you did get into mm. altercations because I was where you didn't really have too many supplies but then because you kind of started bonding with him I was like okay okay well let's let's flesh him out a little bit more let's give him some more context and so um, I mean I can go into it as much as I want it doesn't matter because he's dead hey <laughs> hey hey hey, hey. speak speak carefully um, so yeah so he was someone that worked with um, the kind of like for lack of a better term the Volk structures like the assassins that worked with General Reinhardt, which your mum worked with. She was like a leader of them. Um, he worked with them, but then he kind of found the lie with, uh, with Seren Ray, um, kind of became kind of religious, left that, found his way onto the ship, but because of the stuff that he had done and all the torturing that he'd done, um, it kind of left him like a little bit like anxious and as part of that anxiety he would play with knots a lot and so that's what he kind of got into and it kind of like did some knot work like choking people trying to get information out of them and yeah it just kind of again it's like is this person evil mm. like they did terrible things but they're a, they're atoning for it now like for some people they're like no he's a murderer like you sh he should die himself but again, it's like, well, it's not always that kind of dry. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just fun that you guys kind of latched onto him and gave me the catalyst. Yeah. <laughs> Broke our hearts. Hey, look, that's that's what everybody wants. Every DM wants like an NPC that everybody like uh, bonds with and really likes, and it's like, ah, oh, he's like part of the party, and then they they want like an NPC that causes everybody and a tremendous amount of grief when they pass. Um, yeah, but I hadn't planned for him to die. He he was like, yeah, he was slowly becoming one of my favourite NPCs, more so than like fucking Hilden. Oh, that's my biggest regret. Not going for it with Hilden. <laughs> you got time. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, he was he was a good boy. Sad times though. Sad times indeed. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I regret you making that deal with the Traveller. <laughs> <laughs> well, pranks to Ulrich. I was just like, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna I'm gonna dangle this. And I'd like that it kind of caused a bit of a rift in the party mm. because Quinn was just like, fucking God damn it, you <laughs> stop, just stop. Because multiple people were like, Oh, I kind of like what this guy's about. <laughs> I like what he's selling. He's <laughs> yeah. peddling over here. Yeah, I'm interested. I, I, I like the, the fact that he. That's close. Played into my resurrection that one time. Because yeah. it was nice to know that that had an effect, obviously, from 
it wasn't just a, a thankless deal of like, oh, just doing that because I can. Yeah. It did have effects of, one, getting those powers, obviously, was really classic. But then two, having him in my interaction and stopping Fairlanus from taking me that one more time, I guess, it's, it's, it's nice to have that cause and effect and like, like you've woven into everything else. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he's a cool guy. He is a cool guy. He's he's got a bit of Ganton energy about mm-hmm. him, but less asshole-ish. Yeah, for a god, god thing. Expectation marks. Preston. Um, so I think it's still myself and Simon haven't been. But uh, no, I, 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 yeah, I've asked a question. I believe. You asked a question. Like, yeah, yeah, shooting. Oh, asking a question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Rollies anyway. Rollies. Yeah. Excuse to roll. I've rolled. Nine. Uh, I rolled a nat twenty. Oh, go on, do the gritty. Go on. <coughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Thank you. Um. So obviously this is arc, and it went over. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Uh, this is arc four we're on, right? Yes. So, big question for the DM. Mm. What's the time on it? What we got? What's the scoop for the fans? How much longer are you? Because obviously I'm gonna run a mini campaign. Mm. I'm gonna try and have it at breakneck speed and get through some pretty beefy stuff within maybe 10 sessions or so, and then we'll be back. Mm. But for you, how do you feel about wrapping up people's arcs? What do you what do you want to share with the listeners and with us as far as how you want to end game this? Um, well, before we, before we were planning on taking a break, <clears throat> I was very much like, cool, we do Oryx thing, and then we'll just do some one shots just to wrap up some stuff and that'll be it. Um, but with having a break and being able to play, that's kind of given me more time to be like, oh, actually, I'd like to, to do this and this. So I'd say probably hitting Oryx um, conclusion, whatever that may be, uh, that will probably be like, let's be, let's say three to five sessions. Then what I'll probably do is depending on how that happens we'll probably have a time jump which will give us a chance to introduce either Tim's new character or figure out what we're doing with that mm-hmm. um time to fucking do your wine tour <laughs> hey. yeah, this, this um yeah, this murder is... mystery in a vineyard episode it's like happen. come on happen. it's happening like uh, knives out investigation the game is a foot the foot is a game like <laughs> Rosé wine pour in. Yeah. Well, that, so that would be, yeah, like I say, probably do a time jump. And then once we've done that, then it would just be a case of, um, again, for anybody that's watched Critical Role, uh, when they're, they're kind of building up towards fighting Vecna, they kind of go off and go, right, we need to make ourselves stronger because we're not prepared for this. So that would be kind of what the the remaining sessions of this campaign will be. You guys going around, dealing with your backstories, um, leveling up, getting magical items and whatnot, because there's a load of stuff with Ulysses up in the far north if he comes back. Um, we've literally just found out about some of uh, Owain's uh, backstory. Sabine's still got some 
loose ends in Luxon. There's that whole war going on. Um, we don't know anything about Quinn. He's a shady bastard. He's a fucking big bad. <laughs> um, yeah, but when, yeah, when we met him, he was just standing outside the cave. That's what, we're saying, That's what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's sort of what, what level. What was he doing? Yeah. We never found out. Yeah. He it's, gave like a flimsy answer and then ever since then we've never so it, yeah. questioned him about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Sus. Big sus. sus. Big, big sus. sus. Um, but I do already have a rough idea and outline for campaign two. Still set in this world, but uh, touching on some things that have been brought up in this one. Uh, I'll just say crystals have a big part of it. Never crystallis. Crystal. Healing Please don't sue us. So yeah, so I've got ideas for what I'd like to do in a second campaign. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah. You heard it here first. Camping two in the works. Mm-hmm. There you go. Basically, already in Marvel, aren't we? Just just saying. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Two. Well, every <laughs> campaign will be connected. Well, that's why I'm like interlinked. Interlinked. Yeah. Interlinked. Um, right, Rollies. Who's? Mine. If I could roll. DM. Twelve. Twelve. Ten. Twelve. Ten. God damn it. Um. Let's have a look. So yeah, Crimson Rain. Um, so because I've I personally feel like we've kind of done a bit more of a story driven campaign that's been more narrative focused uh, has there been and because of how the most uh, recent episode ended and in particular this arc is there anything in particular that you were like oh that was kind of surprisingly upsetting or uh, emotional or moving because uh, uh for me, um, I think unintentionally, like the weird like funeral that you guys had, I was like actually kind of sad about mm. it. Mm. Um, because again, like you spent a lot of time with this crew, building up a relationship, and then like having this like weirdly like real like eulogy it was actually kind of like I was like, oh, I don't like doing this. Actually, this is kind of upsetting. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd probably, like, Auric, that whole bit where he was blown up, was a lot. Blown up? Blown up! <laughs> Lily and Jane Byron blown up! Yeah, <laughs> I'd have to agree, like, in this arc at least, it was probably the thing that was like, oh shit, like, it was emotional. Mm. And then going through, like, and just sat there, just kind of talking to you, like, yeah, this is what you did in life. <laughs> and just looking at you whilst reading it out. It was like, very surreal for me and just not being able to do much. I'm just kind of chilling. Was it quite n- weirdly nice having yeah, your I mean, characters kind like, of... Yeah, everyone just says they want to be at their own funeral, right? That's kind of mm-hmm. the vibe it was where you got to like see what your characters would react to your death. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's always it's quite comforting in a way to, to know that like the effect you've had on them is like that even though you've been Ulrich <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know uh, yeah it's, it's a little teaser and taster for when maybe it's for real mm. Mm. I think it affected me quite a lot because our characters have like been with each other since the start yeah. mm. as well yeah mm. so I was like mm. 
My boy. My boy. My boy. <laughs> I will say uh, something that I hope gets brought up maybe a little bit more. Um, although I don't know if... No, Ulrich definitely knows. But yeah, like um, seeing Frederick again and knowing that something that's been done in the past has like brought him back. Of course, yeah. Um, another one as well. Uh, when you, uh, Sabine and Satine met and there was that like kind of mother daughter like mum not being there i was quite like oh. yeah <sighs> yeah yeah uh, uh, that was quite uh again upsetting i think you said you said you said a few times yeah. to me like one-on-one like in a way it was a kind of a shame that we had to do that arc over discord because yeah. like there was a lot of potential for like emotion and narrative that maybe having that delay on discord kind of stepped on a bit yeah it was always a struggle like unpeeing mm. like that like there's some things that made it so much easier like oh, recording yeah. and you know combat. Oh, yeah. combat was way more efficient and we all had a lot more time on our hands mm, yeah. lockdown but you know the, at the core of a lot of D&D is the RP mm. and it really suffered over over streaming it like that because you can't see people faces you can't really react in the same time and mm. it's all out of like sync and stuff and we're not up in each other's stank, mm. so we can't. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Breathe it in, baby. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think we've been able to do some more, like, interesting stuff because, yeah, like, um, you know, having to deal with uh, a mother that's lost a child and trying to do whatever she can to, like, bring them back with Maggie, uh, losing someone that you've actually built up a very kind of close bond with and then having that taken away um, and dealing with you know same sex relations and someone like actually flirting and kind of doing that with someone who uh, is clearly like such a close friend to just me mm. like me and Danilo are just like we're besties <laughs> um, uh, it's, it, yeah we've been able to explore a lot more stuff that you know at first especially when you first start playing D&D you're a bit like Oh, this is weird. We're, mm, we're, yeah. we're pretending, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's one of the uh, the good things about playing for like two years is that you you're with a character for such a long time that you're like, you, it's easier for you to go. This is Sabine. This is George. We're trying to tell a story. It's not weird because it's just storytelling. It's the same as what you would do in in theatre or, or in a movie or anything like that. Um, so that's been quite quite fun. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Mm. But yeah, sad moments or probably had like a fairly intense moment when it was like sacking off your religion and trying to make up this deal with uh, who you didn't know at the time was like Feylanus. I don't know if that was like because that's just like one on one, just you and me talking. Yeah, yeah, that was. I remember doing that and it felt very intense but it felt very you know the character was coming through <laughs> um, <laughs> that sort of thing it was it was you know very much a this is why you play D&D it's not mm. just combat it can be very very in-depth and role-playing and everything you do you kind of hope that there's like a bit of weight to it mm. um, and I thought it was quite Going from someone, I feel like I've sort of flip-flopped a bit where Mordethus was very much religious and like a zealot and uh, 
Frederick was on like a knife's edge, which is why he did make that decision and immediately regretted it and then go back to Owain, who is, again, very pious and by the religion. So playing as someone who was like, well, this whole thing's got me so far, but recently I feel like I don't need it anymore. And then it became more about like an ego thing than a religion thing. Um, and sort of, sort of having that discussion which is sort of what fleshed out the idea behind that thinking was like a helpful as a player because you can keep that in your head as long as possible but that was a case of it actually coming out and being like this is how he feels and now he's kidding himself that there's a reason he should feel this way and it will actually be helpful to someone that he doesn't know but he knows the person that was meant to help so yeah it was really good uh, character development done in real time which even though that is the whole point of D&D over time you don't actually get a lot of chance to sort of have that conversation where you may start defining something or then contradicting yourself mm. so yeah it was what we did that for like 15 20 minutes mm. I thought that was yeah big big highlight I love this arc as well as actually showing what Owen can do and he's not just like a one note joke he actually is very competent yeah um mm. in like the whole he's meant to yeah the whole like reasoning behind him is he's got 30 plus years in combat and he's a strategist and he learned from one of the best so yeah. it's he's found his, i feel like he's now found his footing as quite a well-rounded character yeah pivotal on the ship like on the ship but yeah and in the ghost house as and, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Turning Canada, the... yeah. yeah. Like, in terms of, no disrespect, easy combat on his behalf, because he's like, this is my specialty, yeah. and I'll show you why. And then it was just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Just want to let you know, Hilden doesn't hate Owen, just so you're aware. Oh, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. Just want to, because like, I feel like there was a lot of times where you like trying to do something, <laughs> like make or form a connection. Yeah. Um, and she's just like another example of just someone that kind of got fleshed out a little bit more. And she's just like super introverted. Yeah. I feel like they're both, yeah, introverted and standoffish. But yeah. Owen is very much willing to be like, oh, I want to get to know someone. It just so happens the person I want to get to know better does not want to get to know me. Yeah. It like, or is open about it. Yeah, I think it's um, the way that I've kind of thought of it is it's just been like, it is someone who, for the most part, the only thing she really knows about Owen is that he's quite religious. Yeah. And for most druids, that's a bit of like a... Ugh. Yeah. Um, and like... Bit of an ick. Yeah. <laughs> and for her, it's also like, what's the point? I'm not going to see you after two weeks yeah. so why you yeah. know but you're making progress she smiled at you yeah she's i think there's like shared a, so many weird moments yes yeah. <laughs> and to me that's like that's that is progress mm, like yeah. that's if that's all that either get out of that relationship then i'm quite happy but you play the character really well because i just said he's a weird guy mm. and like that shows an interaction with people because you have so many weird interactions because you're a weird guy yeah <laughs> like he's very much a person mm. who's his whole life has been on a schedule up until he was just like, yeah, I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Mm. So it's it, it's learning how to be social, which is quite fun to play. It'd be interesting to get 
like some RP and get more out of him and learn even more about like where he's from and yeah, what he's been through. Because I don't think you guys realise that he is he's rich and he's very he's quite high up on like a social ladder. Mm. And that just doesn't come across. See as soon as you like as soon as Sabine knows that and there's Rose, she'll <laughs> so should be your best mate. You're like Quinn who? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> he's off kissing other people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Well, hmm. I mean, unless there was anything else from anybody else, um, that kind of brings us up to date. You're a party member down, um, but hopefully when we come back, we're, we're it'll probably end up being a sort of, uh, um, unfortunately, making another critical role, critical role reference again, uh, but it'd be like a pike situation where maybe Robert just have to kind of like dip mm. in and out as like a, just an entity. Mm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm like fully talked for your yeah. <laughs> mini campaign. <laughs> I legit can't wait. It'll be fun. I, uh, just, just so everybody knows, I have some dispel dice um, that I haven't used and have had them waiting just for this character and I even ordered another d20 just for this character just for a specific set of roles so I'm super super looking forward to this yeah <laughs> I'm, I'm nervous you've done such a fantastic fucking job as a DM not to blow smoke up your ass yeah but Blow it all uh, up there. Oh, baby. Um, but yeah, I'll um, try and follow in your footsteps of putting a good narrative together and keeping you all entertained yeah, for awesome. a brief yeah. pit stop yeah, whilst yeah. we let you refuel for the next arc. Yeah. Part two and then campaign two. Oh, mm-hmm. baby. Hey, campaign, there's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a break between campaign one and campaign two. <laughs> <laughs> I need time to uh, figure out some stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun, and this was actually quite nice to kind of just have a, a, a reflection mm. upon what I remember. Lots of stuff is. that I'd forgotten about. Yeah, mm. which is really nice. Yeah. It also made me realise: don't start writing notes on your laptop, then switch to a book, then switch back to a laptop, <laughs> then switch back to a book. That's <laughs> chaotic energy. Right yeah. So I have a new then book do for some the new like campaign. Smoke signal notes. Yeah. And then carry a pigeon. <laughs> I think there's a magnet on my fridge. That's important. <laughs> well, this session there were there were some things we didn't uh, didn't get uh, to touch on too much, um, like uh, the signs of light, um, uh, a box that Quinn refuses to open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> big bad, big bad energy right there. We're all going to be explaining at... to do. Yeah. We come back in six months. Exactly. Six we're all going to be looking at Dunlow through like the side of our eyes from now. <laughs> Suspicion is afoot. Um, well, thank you all for joining us for this episode. I hope this has given you maybe uh, some some better context for certain aspects of the campaign, or maybe this has just encouraged you to go back and re-listen to some of them. Um, but yeah, uh, feel free to, as always, check us out on the various social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, um, head on over to um, the various listening platforms, so Spotify for probably most of you, Apple Music, Dadbod, Hodbod, uh, Toddpod, um, Baby Pods, Baby Pods, Baby Pod. As well, head on over, check out Thinking Critically if you uh, prefer something a little more highbrow. <laughs> um, 
and yeah also check out game tea as well um don't forget that discount code the briggsy t-h-e B-R-I-G-G-S-Y for 5% off of your entire order. They ship worldwide. Get yourself a new set of dice. Get yourself a candle that smells like the Hyrulean forests. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Why I mean, I'm you? literally waiting for them to start showing again so I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that covers everything. Uh, next session, you'll be hearing George introduce it thank you as always for joining us uh, we will see you in the next episode stay safe everybody have fun GLHF what? what? good luck have fun oh, oh <laughs> yeah good luck have fun All right, bye bye, bye. bye.